after me. I don't believe it. All right. I'm singing this song and I'm feeling kind of sad. I got my smile from mom, but my chest came from my dad. I've got a body like a driving range mat. When it's cold outside, use my nips to hang your hat. I can blow in your ear, give you a lap dance. But you won't notice me till I get some implants. I need a guy who ain't got issues like feeling up a chest and finding tissues. Guys say I'm cute, they say I'm pretty. I'm not one who needs your pity. I've got a nice ass and fur like a kissy, but I can't get a man, cause I got no titties. Got no titties. The wonder bra is something I can't afford. When you lay on me, you'll swear you're on a diving board. When I turned 11, I started to get pubes. Now I'm 24 and still waiting on my boobs. Guys say I'm cute, they say I'm pretty. I'm not one who needs your pity. I've got a nice ass and fur like a kissy. But I can't get a man, cause I've got no titties. Got no titties. I've got no So what do you think, Frank Zappa, dead or alive? He's on that island with Elvis and uh, Janis Joplin, isn't he? No, seriously, is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Frank Zappa's dead? A long time now. Oh, somebody must have not woke me up and told me about it. Some kind of cancer or something. I kind of thought he was dead, you know, but I wasn't yeah. positive. Anyway, 633 votes on the poll yesterday, which I think is astonishing. Shocking, isn't it? Eh. You don't think so? You had, that, you had that fag vote on there, see? The poll didn't go up till 115 because of uh, Eric's personal and mental problems and emotional problems so as a result of that we didn't uh, we didn't have any of it going on during the show which is generally like a big setback for us but at any rate still got a pretty good response should the government have the right and of course the fact that there's anybody the fact that there was i mean you know the crank vote we always put in there for fun because there are a lot of you people out there like you know kids in a sandbox have to have some place to play and that's good keeps you off the street but the other ten, well, there's only ten, you know, out of 633. It's not too many. No. Should the government have the right to regulate private sexual uh, activities between consenting adults? Just the concept of it is so ludicrous. The idea that there are people who want the government to come into their bedroom and check the position, you know, check what they're doing, what the position is, who they're doing it with. And I would assume that those ten probably ain't doing it even with themselves. Right. They don't have the capability. So they don't care. Anyway, we asked you the government regulate uh, that stuff. No, 508, 80.2%. Only for fags, 115, 18.1%. And yes, only 10, only 1.5% said yes. And those 10 must be like, you know, talk show callers. People like that. People like like that. Like Dennis. And like Dennis, the, the, the menace, or is he Dennis the penis? I don't think he got no penis. <laughs> he has a wife, you know. No, does he really? And children, according to him. Oh, you have to be kidding me. He has children? Who's the father? Oh, I bet I know father, who it is. Father <laughs> yeah, I beat you to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. 
I got a story on the Catholic Church again later on. That'll get them oh, no. hooked up into a frenzy. He'll be squeezing himself. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you heard that thing on CNN this morning, didn't you? Yes. Little bits and pieces. Boom, well, they got uh, that contretemps again. They're, they're trying to, and the people in the Boston Archdiocese are whipped up into a frenzy. We'll get to that. We'll get to a lot of stuff today because after your performance out there yesterday on the phone, it's obvious to me. I mean, my pile is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, kind of like Fat Boy. And so I got, and today especially, I have just too damn much good stuff to waste with a lot of stupid phone calls. We might take a few, but we might also not get any, and I don't really care. Speaking of Fat Boy, so he's going on balance for life, Fat Boy? <laughs> Partly. Came in and weighed himself this morning, took off his shoes, his socks, his pantaloons, colostomy bag, put it all <laughs> yeah. on the uh, counter there. Right, hung them all on the walker. 335 pounds. 36. 336? Yes. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's an extra pound among friends when you're dealing in those kind of numbers? Huh? 336 pounds, man. What a hulk of walking pork. Oh, I'm sorry. What a hulk of shuffling pork. God. So he's going to go on balance for life one of these days. Now, when's that going to start? Do we I, know? Or is... I don't know. I, I would hope it would start very soon. I can't imagine what the delay would be. I mean, even if, there's spots, even if the spots don't come back on very soon, Troy... I would think that we better get him some assistance very soon, or he may not be around long enough for the spots to start. He may be seeing spots, like on his pants. Oh, that's already happened. Do you support affirmative action? That's our poll question today on neilrogers.com on our ma uh, marginal website. But Eric promises me that he's working feverishly, and we're going to get the archives back, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and he wants to make sure Carlos keeps his nose out of there. Bug out, punk. Got it? You're muscling in on Eric's territory, even though he ain't making a dime on that website. Boy, it's really kind of embarrassing looking at that thing, you know what? When you see that even the QAM website is just just miles ahead. They pass us like we're like we're standing still. And as a matter of fact, we're not just standing still, we're moving into the Stone Age. But you watch Eric gonna get on the ball now, just like Boca Brian, the two of them. The two of them are in league again. I think they're I really do think that they're sharing drugs. I'm positive of that. Probably well, sharing them with me. Problem, well, you probably hooked him up with somebody up there in Orlando. <laughs> I wish. Here's our poll question today on NeilRogers.com. We'll get it on there right away, won't we, Eric? No. Come on, put down that bologna sandwich. Yeah, he he's so frustrated now. He's like just he's forgotten about. It. He don't have time to go out for the breakfast burritos and those course sandwiches. He's just doing bologna sandwiches, like by the dozen. Bologna and peanut butter on white bread. Mayonnaise. Mmm, with mayo and pickles. Do you support affirmative action is our poll question today. Only three choices here. And, of course, the Supreme Court is taking this up right now. Yes, only for college admissions, or no, those most qualified should always come first. Now, is this a difficult poll? Not to me. My way of thinking, it's just like yesterday's poll. It's a no-brainer, which ought to be good with us, this audience. No-brainer. Do you support affirmative action? Yes, only for college admissions, or no, those most qualified should always come first. And it's fascinating to me that the case that the Supreme Court specifically has taken up is from the University of Michigan. Isn't that interesting? Why? I just am uh, not a big fan of the University of I Michigan see. because I happen to be a Michigan State attendee. I don't want to say alum alumnus because I was there for like about five minutes. <laughs> you were a visitor. Uh, passing well, through. yeah, I was passing through, okay, on campus. I was in East Shaw Hall. I saw the uh, hockey, uh, old hockey arena, Spartan Stadium. I was there for like a cup of coffee. And a beer. 
Miami did oh lots of beer, lots of Meisterbrown. Miami did elections chief resigns following botched primary. What did I tell you? One down and one to go. Miami Dade County Supervisor of Elections David Leahy yesterday announced his resignation. All right. Leaving a post he's held for more than 20 years after an embarrassing primary election and in the midst of the county's overhaul in the elections department. As was the case with the Broward County of Elections Supervisor Miriam Elephant. Broward! Many people have called for Leahy's resignation after the September primary in which technical glitches kept many Broward and Dade voters from casting ballots and prevented both counties from announcing the final vote tallies until a week after the election. Another humongous embarrassment. For South Florida. Leahy, 56, the state's only appointed election supervisor, said he wanted to leave on a high note, a successful general election in November, and cited the toll the most recent elections took on himself and his family. He said the criticism he faced during the 2000 presidential election and the 2002 primary played a role in his decision. Poor baby. Leahy said he was not forced out but chose to resign yesterday after a candid discussion with county manager Steve Shiver. You know what Steve told him? What? You're out, Tom. Maybe I can help. And he said, my name's not Tom. He said, well, that's fine, but you're out anyway. I'm German-Irish. been a long run, most of the time an enjoyable one, but there's been some bumps lately. He said, I didn't feel pressured. This is something that's been on my mind. You like to leave where there's a plus. The last election was a plus. Now it's time to get out. When in doubt, get out. Good luck to you, David. Or not, as the case may be. We really don't care. We're just delighted to see you leave. Aren't we delighted to see him leave? Delighted. You'll be delighted with this story. Oh, I got I got so much good stuff here today, and it's a damn good thing. I can't because wait. Because other, other than a bunch of stupid football calls, our audience is totally, uh, they're out of material. Out of material. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, seriously. Totally out. Marijuana doesn't lead to hard drug study, fine, so it's safe to come out. No kidding. Boy, the sun is shining here. It is just beautiful. Blue sky. Temperature is minus 16. The wind chill <laughs> is minus 24. God. On what scale is that? Ooh. What do you mean on what scale? Celsius. Oh, okay. Oh, on the Saffir-Simpson scale, I'm sorry. What is that for, hurricanes? <laughs> Isn't it? What do you I mean you know. don't know? I don't know. I don't know from that scale. Well, I'm just telling you right now. Countering a basic principle of American anti-drug policies, an independent U.S. study concluded yesterday that marijuana use does not lead teenagers to experiment with hard drugs like heroin or cocaine. All right. How do you like that, huh? How do you like that up there, Uncle Sam, or down there, wherever the hell you are, you moron, you idiots, you assholes wasting billions of dollars on your so-called war on drugs? Shame on you! Point the finger right there at Uncle Sam and El Presidente and all these other phonies that are busy snorting up the white powder from the chalk lines. The study by the profit, non-profit, profit Rand Drug Policy Research Center rebutted the theory that marijuana acts as a so-called gateway drug to more harmful narcotics, a key argument against legalizing pot in the U.S. Baloney. The researchers did not advocate easing restrictions on marijuana, but questioned the focus on this substance in drug control efforts. Using data from the National Household Survey on Drug Abuse between 82 and 94, the study concluded teenagers who took hard drugs were predisposed to do so whether they tried marijuana first or not. Kids get their first opportunity to use marijuana years before they get their first exposure to hard drugs, said Andrew Morrell, lead author of the RAND study. Marijuana is not a gateway drug. It's just the first things often come across. I thought that was usually the sheets. I thought that was alcohol. Morrell said 50% of U.S. teenagers had access to marijuana by the age of 16, while a majority had no exposure to cocaine, heroin, or hallucinogens until they were 20, except for Carlos. The study published in the British journal Addiction does not advocate legalizing or decriminalizing marijuana, which has been linked to side effects including short-term memory loss, 
But given limited resources, Morrell said U.S. government should reconsider the prominence of marijuana in its much publicized war on drugs. To a certain extent, we're diverting resources away from hard drug problems. He said, spending money on marijuana control may not be having downstream consequences on the use of our drugs. Researchers say predisposition to drug use has been linked to genetic factors in one's environment, including family dynamics, that's family dynamics, and the availability of drugs in the hood. And it has nothing to do with the use of marijuana. How do you like that, huh? Could have told so you that. So take your marijuana laws, especially those Rockefeller laws in the state of New York, and stuff them up your ass, okay? You stuffy old Americans, you, you silly people, you. 913 at 560 WQM. Here's some people who aren't silly people. They're serious people. Isn't that what he said? I said, I, they, I agreed to talk to you because I'm told you're a serious man. Wasn't that the line? One of them. With Salazzo? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'll tell you, Michael over there at Dry Concepts is a serious guy. He's serious about wanting to make your house look brand spanking new. Check out their website, dryconcepts.com, or better yet, give them a call toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. If you never used Dry Concepts before, you're in for the treat of a lifetime at least when it comes to having beautiful, brand-new-looking carpets and upholstery and furniture, too. Because Dry Concepts give you a written, guaranteed price before they start the job. They show up exactly when the appointment is, and they roll up their sleeves and go about doing a job for you, the likes of which you've never seen before in your life. They dry-clean your carpets, making even the nastiest-looking carpets look and smell and feel just like brand-new. They're dry in a couple of hours, and you're ready to rock and roll again. And they also do an unbeatable job of cleaning your furniture and drapery, spot dyeing, fiber protection, Carpet repairs, implant oriental rug service, deodorization, and if you should ever have a flood, complete water damage restoration, the likes of which you'll never see again. With the holidays here and guests coming in, why not get your house all spiffed up for the holidays, the new year, etc.? Call our friends at Dry Concepts right now. They do a stupendous job like they've done in my house for over 20 years. In Dade, Palm Beach, Broward, call them toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Clean today, entertain tonight. Not just their slogan, it's their business at Dry Concepts. Live and local, we are Sports Radio 560 QAM. QAM. Dude. You get a lot of bitch. You were saying the upward back and forth. I thought it was us.
Santa. Uh, that was a pretty good remake. Well, it's actually not a remake, but it's right. uh, rip kind off. of a ripoff of the other ones. Really good. 919 at 560 WQAM. Now, the fact that you sent me here from this asshole David, this is, I wouldn't even respond to it except you're right. It is so yeah. effing sad. We were talking about uh, callers before the show this morning and chronic people, and the fact of the matter is I've always been right about that. Each and every one of them, all the chronics, they're all crazy people. There are no exceptions. They're all people in desperate need of help. I'm not just talking about people that are called occasionally. I mean, those people are sad enough. And like today, we don't have any callers at all, so that's a good sign. That's a good sign of South Florida's mental health. Maybe they're pleased that David Leahy resigned. You think that's it? No. They probably yeah, don't even know who he is. They're having a party. They're having a big party. <laughs> or maybe they're just having a big Chinooka party. Maybe they're lighting the menorah again, Kanahora. But at any rate, this I'm not going to read it, but it's just... Right. Uh, no, I just needed to share that. Oh, about Jeff Hyde. This whole man's life is being Jeff Hyde's neighbor. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, like, it's like it's like the guy with the eyes. I'm the guy with the eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Do I know what you're talking this about? This is this is not only their identity. This is their life. their life. This is their existence. I'm Jeff High's neighbor, David. I'm a crazy person. Like that. Get yourself some help, David. Okay. Maybe we can get a package deal. Maybe for the new year, for the holidays, we can get like some group therapy for some of these assholes out there, some of these chronics. Hey, I want a piece of that. 22 votes on the poll. It's up there. Do you support affirmative action? No. Those most qualified should always come first. Of course, 19, 86.3% say that. You betcha. All this bull crap about because you're black or you're purple or you're a female. or The hell with that crap, okay? That's why we have so much mediocrity in America today. People in positions where they got no business being there in the first place. Like that Greg Gumball being the lead. Uh, I mean, I I'm serious. I don't want to get into sports. But the fact that he's CBS's lead announcer on the NFL. I mean, who, who has he got naked pictures of? Bryant. <laughs> yeah, with a billy goat and Katie Couric doing a three-way. Get serious. Yes, two. Two people said they support affirmative action. Only for college admissions, one. Out of the first 22 votes. Report. This is going to get a lot of the guys out there, a lot of our male audience, all whipped up into a frenzy because you know how they feel about this. What? Augusta. Oh. oh. Golf. Mm, you know, important yeah. stuff. Right. Golf. <laughs> the former chief executive officer of CBS became the first member of the Augusta National Golf Club to resign in protest over the club's refusal to admit a woman member, the New York Times reported today. Thomas H. Wyman, a 25-year member of Augusta National, told the Times that club chairman Hootie Johnson's position not to admit women was unacceptable and pig-headed. He estimated that as many as a quarter of the roughly 300 club members also support the admission of women. How do you like that? Good. I'm not anxious to make this personal, Wyman told the newspaper, but Hootie keeps writing that there hasn't been a single case of protest in the membership, and he absolutely believes this will all go away. It will not go away, and it should not. I know there is a large number of members, at least 50 to 75, who believe it is inevitable that there will be and should be a woman member. There are obviously some redneck old boy types down there, but there are a lot of very thoughtful, rational people in the membership, and they feel as strongly as I do, he'd be saying. Augusta National issued a statement to the Times about Wyman's resignation. We are disappointed that Mr. Wyman has chosen to publicize a private matter, club spokesman Glenn Greenspan said. While we respect the fact that there are differences of opinion on the issue, we intend to stand firm behind our right to make what are both appropriate and private membership choices. 
The debate over Augusta National's all-male membership escalated in July when Johnson denounced Martha Burke, that bitch, and the National Council of Women's Organizations for demanding a female member by the next Masters in April. See, if they would have had a spokesman that would have been a little bit more appropriate than Martha Burke, that would have helped. A little I mean, hotter. It changed. Huh? A little hotter, maybe. You mean like a point one? <laughs> the Masters already has dropped its three television sponsors to keep them out of the controversy, and Johnson said last month there was no chance Augusta National would have a female member in the near future. Isn't that what, uh, what's his name, told uh, Al Martino, too, Johnny Fontaine? No chance I'm going to get that part. No chance. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Wyman also called on Augusta members and former Masters champions Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas to support the admission of a woman member. Where have you got those uh, drop-ins from The Godfather, by the way? They're on the computer. Well, can we hear the one where he's uh, talking about going and walking right up and uh, sticking a gun to his head and blowing his brains out and getting his uh, blood all over his Ivy League suit? i got to find him. Oh. Let me know when you're ready. Our Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas could be very helpful with their voices, Wyman said. It would be nice if they came out and said, why can't there be a woman member? Palmer and Nicholas have been reluctant to talk about membership at Augusta National. How do you like that? I don't think I can lend anything to help the situation, Palmer told the AP last month. I'm a member, and I appreciate the fact that I'm a member, and that's all I'm going to say about Augusta. And he's the same guy, the same thing with Casey, uh, what was his name, the uh, Crip? Martin. Martin. Wyman also said CBS should support the effort to admit a woman member. CBS could at least come out in favor of a commitment from Augusta National on the admission of a woman, Wyman said. They have a constituency that cares about the issue, and I was disappointed CBS didn't do more. They should say it is inevitable and it should happen sooner rather than later. People say that if CBS takes on Hootie, they'll lose the tournament. I don't think that's so. If CBS takes on Hootie. <laughs> and the Blowfish? Oh, no, Hootie the Owl. Wyman 72 was CE oh! of CBS Television Network from 1979 to 86 and was the chairman of the S.G. Warburg and Company from 92 to 96. He's currently a visiting scholar at Harvard Business School and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Not just another cracker jackass like Hootie and his Blowfish. Down there in Augusta, a bunch of redneck Yahoo assholes. Okay, you got that clip? It's coming. Johnny Fontaine will never get that movie. I don't care how many Dago, Guinea, Wap, Greaseball, Goombas come out of the woodwork. I'm German-Irish. Well, let me tell you something, my crowd, Mick friend. I'm going to make so much trouble for you, you won't know what it is. come a lawyer, I have not threatened. I know almost every big lawyer in New York. Who the hell are you? All right. Excellent. I think just to keep our sanity now, every now and then we're going to have uh, more. We need a lot more of those, Carlos. Lots and lots of Godfather drops. No problem. When in doubt, drop it out. Rather than us just trying to, like, fumble around and, you know, recite verbatim. Because if you miss one word, it makes you look like a putz. Right. So Got to get it right on target. And then a bunch of greasy guinea goombas come out of the woodwork and, uh... Exactly. And take them to Horseheads, New York. 46 votes on a poll. Do you support affirmative action? No 38. Most qualified people should come first, whether it's college admissions, whether it's a job, whatever the hell it is. Yes, five. Only for college admission, three. Out of the first 46 votes on NeilRogers.com. Look at that phone today. Isn't it a good thing I got a whole pile of crap yeah. there? It must be my psychic powers again. There isn't even like a tickle on there. Look. See what I mean? There's not even like a, a trickle, which is fine. Don't feel compelled, okay? We had enough crap yesterday. I'll tell you a guy who you can trickle on down and see, and it's my good buddy Tom Lehman over at Hallett Pontiac GMC in South Dade. They're proud to announce the great Neil Rogers Neil Deal 0% sale. It is still going on as I speak right now. Is that shocking or what? 
That's right. With approved credit from GMAC, you can get zero down payment and zero percent financing on all 2002 and 2003 Pontiacs and GMC models, plus zero payment for 90 days. Or take a rebate of up to $5,000. And as always at Hallett, zero hassles, of course. Don't forget to mention you heard about the Neil Rogers deal and save even more. Just mention Neil and I'll like, uh, do a little Kazatsky right in the middle of the showroom. Check out the complete line of great GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as the SUV of the year, and the new Pontiac Vibe that's got the power of a great gutsy sports car. Both are big gas guzzlers, and they make no apologies for it at Hallett Pontiac. Hallett's also got a great selection of dependable used cars, trucks, and SUVs, those big gas guzzlers that you love. And uh, don't forget, if credit is a problem with you, it's not a problem for them. Because no matter what kind of a deadbeat you are, if your credit is the worst you've ever heard of in your life, they'll still probably be able to cut you a deal at Hallett Pontiac. That's what great folks they are. But right now, don't forget, it's the great Neal deal, 0% sale at Hallett Pontiac, 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's U.S. 1 across from the falls. Open every day, seven days a week. You know, I think I'm starting to get like Ted Williams, you know? Frozen head. Frozen head. For more information, call it. Well, it's, well, it's only 25 below wind chill. What all do you expect, eh? For more information, call the Neil Deal hotline at toll free one triple eight five three four forty two eleven. That's one triple eight five three four forty two eleven. Hallett Pontiac GMC. We are professional grade, eh? My and local. This is Sports Radio five sixty QAQAM. My God, your breasts are beautiful. What made it red? Why his nose was bigger than his head? But when he switched it on, it was like a midnight sun. See it glow. Right through the snow Nice. Why can't they end those like exactly? Nine thirty-two at five sixty WQM. Thanks very much to my good close personal friend Sean and Holly. We wants to know how my bursitis is doing. My bursitis is just fine. And 
most importantly, faxes me this conversion chart on temperatures. Good timing, by the way, Sean. And Troy, don't worry about it, Troy. I got Pompano Park covered, okay, with a blanket. I got my old Pompano Park blanket that Harold Duras put on top of my head years ago. I got it right here. Just relax. Everything is copacetic. Anyway, so here's the conversion chart. And like I said yesterday, once you get a past, and the positive temperatures, I have no problem with that for some reason. Because I just, you just memorize, you know. Okay. But when you get into the minus temperature, when it gets below minus three centigrade, at that point I get lost. So here's the whole chart. And it makes me realize, like currently it's minus 14 Celsius here. And uh, that's uh, seven degrees Fahrenheit above. So what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Brisk. <laughs> the wind chill was minus 25 overnight, or 26, which is 16 below zero uh, Fahrenheit. No wonder it seemed so goddamn cold. <laughs> oh, man. I went out just to get some soda last night. I, I was no fool. I barely went out of the house at all yesterday. Because yesterday was just that one day. Uh, it looks nice out there. Like right now, it looks beautiful. You don't want to be outside right this moment. Because you're going to have that Ted Williams head. And I am going to tell you. Now, from the neck down, I had on, you know, I got my T-shirt under my heavy flannel shirt. And I got my leather jacket. Fine. Mm -hmm. But from the right. chin to the top of the head, whoa, man. It's the instant frozen head. In fact, why not just send Ted Williams' body up here? Put your head yeah, on. I don't have to go through all that cryogenics crap. This is a lot cheaper this way. Just freeze his head right out there on Young Street. At any rate, the wind chill last night was minus 26, which is like minus 16 degrees Fahrenheit. Not bad. And our high today is going to be minus 7 Celsius, which is uh, 19. Oh, 19. Pretty toasty, eh? That's not too bad. I still say it's all the wind. All the wind. But when it does get down there like minus 16, oh, my God. What are these people thinking about? In close vote, Orlando passes ordinance protecting gays from discrimination. Oy! That's going to get some of our friends out there in Radio Land really upset. You know what? Going to get them right on that first bus to uh, Orlando so they can straighten those bastards out. Now, what's this call on here from Miami? Are we going to take a call or what? Hello? I'm from here. How you doing, man? Okay. Hey, Neil, I Echo. usually agree with you a lot. But yeah. this time I partly agree with you with affirmative action. Thing is, until we get parity between the high schools and the schools, between the inner city and the suburbs, I think affirmative action should stay in place. And you have a perfect example with George. Ask him how different the schools were between Montana, wherever he came from, and Dade yeah. County. What does that have to do with affirmative action? Well, the thing is, affirmative action, you want the best person qualified for the position or the school right. unless you get properly right. trained or you get the, a good school that can teach you how to do that you're not going to get it i hey. mean george knew yeah. stuff that he learned hey. in elementary in montana but hey. when he I never came, went to elementary school in montana you know when he came down here he was all summer well one day during the summer he was talking about it you know, he was talking I, about what to go to elementary school in montana when he went the other to high school here, upside down when he went to high school here, he was a freaking genius. Oh, oh, the other way around, I'm sorry. When he oh, went he up to Montana, here. he was stupid. What does that have to do with affirmative action? That, that has everything to do. Unless you get these people trained equally, you won't get the best person. You'll get whoever you get. Whoever has the bucks will get the best schools. Yeah. And okay, and they'll get the one, and they'll be the ones that'll get into college. Well, that's all the more reason to keep electing people like Jeb Bush governor, so we can continue to have a, a bogus uh, public education system. Last night on Channel Four, 
a girl run away from, from you know, the Department of Children and Family called yeah. in. She got retribution for calling the girl from Channel 4, from Department of Children and Families. She got restitution? Yeah, she got all that crap. Mm -hmm. She's afraid to go back to Department of Children and Families. How do you like that? And he's done such a good job with that that they put him right back in there again. Well, you know what they say, you get what you deserve. Have a great day, sir. I have no idea what he just said to you. Oh, my blood is pouring out of my ears. Why is that? Because I'm confused trying well, to Well, didn't you go to high school in Billings, Montana? And you went to yeah, college right. in, uh, what, the School of Hard Knocks at the University of Albany, where right. they like Hillary, but they don't know why? Let me say it again, okay? The day is long since past. Long, long ago, once in my earlier youthful days of liberal uh, indiscretions. And I was all for all of those things, you know? Affirmative action, all of this other crap. Uh, we, we can't afford doing that anymore. And the idea that Right. In fact, there's uh, some great articles. I don't have time for all of them. I just got too much crap about the uh, system in Texas and California and a couple of other states. And, of course, they're trying it in Florida, but in Florida nothing ever works. But where they take, like, the top 4% from the different schools, regardless of the, where the school rates, and they automatically get into a state uh, college. Now, what's wrong with that? Nothing. That sounds good. Yeah, it is good. But the people who are supporting affirmative action, they're opposing those plans. Even though those plans are working magnificently and they're a great idea, they're opposed to that because they don't really give a crap about the most qualified people. They just want to continue doing a, a racial and ethnic thing. You know, our people got to get in. Well, bull crap. If you're in that top 4%, more power to you. You deserve a higher education. You deserve to go on and expand your talents and get a decent job. But this idea that just because, uh, that, well, we'll get, to, we'll get to that story eventually, okay? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get back to this fact of the uh, gay banter. Gays, lesbians, and bisexuals were added to Orlando City anti-discrimination protection law yesterday on a 4-3 to three vote by the city council last night. The measure added sexual orientation to the list of classes already protected by the city, including race, national origin, religion, gender, disability, age, and marital status. Under the ordinance, employers would be prohibited from denying jobs, landlords wouldn't be allowed to turn away renters, and public accommodations wouldn't be able to deny service because of a person's sexual orientation. wonder how they felt about this at Disney World. <laughs> Businesses with fewer than six employees, landlords with fewer than four units, churches, religious groups, and private clubs would be exempt. Businesses found discriminating against gays, lesbians, or bisexuals could be fined $500 per violation. Eight other Florida cities and counties already extend anti-discrimination protection to gays and lesbians. Bigotry and prejudice are incongruent with fairness and justice, said Commissioner Daisy Lynham, who voted for the measure after listening to almost five hours of testimony from supporters and opponents. I think we've uncovered closeted bigots recently, and that's sad, she said. Closeted bigots. Now you're talking, honey. The ordinance doesn't extend any special privileges to gays and lesbians. City Attorney Scott Gabrielson said at the beginning of a city council hearing, opponents disagreed with that interpretation and said the ordinance's approval would open the door to other gay rights measures. It would give legal status to a group of people based on their sexual orientation. Barbara Rushing, a former Orange County School Board member, testified before council members. She was a little distracted when she was supposed to testify. And they said, what are you doing, Barbara? She said, rushing, rushing. But supporters <laughs> argued the ordinance... The ordinance would send out a message of tolerance. There's very little to lose with this amendment and so much to gain, said supporter Jim Brown, no relation to the football player, needless to say, who was busy beating up an old wife and girlfriend. Mayor Glenda Hood voted against the ordinance, claiming it wasn't necessary because the city already was inclusive. I believe good people can agree to disagree, she said. Also, she was rumored that she was going to, like, veto this, and she said, no chance, no way, Jose. The people have spoken, yada, yada, yada. The council has made their decision. I believe it's their decision, and she ain't going to veto nothing. 
So there you go. Uh, even Orlando. Of course, like I said, they got that Disney World up there. Is there are there any straight people working there? No. No. Hi, Almost. sir. <laughs> I was just going to say it. Boy. Almost enough to make me want to play that, you know? Almost. Man, I'll think about it during the break. I'll ponder it. We've got lots of time. 115. What? Lots of time today. What do you mean by that? Oh, I thought you weren't going to take any calls. Uh, you don't understand. I've got this huge stack, man. Even the people at the Dunkin' Donuts never saw a stack like this. And, and some of these are very long. You know how I have this, I have this aversion to long stories? Like the one you just faxed me five pages about from the St. Pete Times right. about the uh, pedophile priest and stuff? Well, I got a couple there, but they're just too good to uh, pass up on. For example, the Bush dynasty and the Cuban criminals. Taking, uh, talking back to talk radio, it's time to take back our airwaves by Tom Hartman from Common Dreams News Center. Long, but I don't care. Bankruptcy talks jurors, Boston Catholics, that's pretty long. Uh, Rice appoints Iran Contra figure Abrams to NSC's mid, mid East section. Disgrace. And millions of pirates are plundering satellite TV, direct, uh, direct TV, Echo Star fight back in court electronically. That's, uh, that, that's about 600 pages. I'm gonna read the whole thing. So anybody don't like bedtime stories, Bye-bye. I got some important crap here today, okay? And if you can't handle it, if you can't deal with it, if you're an emotional cripple, just to get lost, okay? Go talk about football for three more hours, you idiots. Yeah, what do you think about the... You think that they're going to break a Danny Boy's record out there in Oakland? You think that... Uh... Oh, you had it right on the head, boy. When you say it makes your teeth ache, that's exactly yes. how I felt. First, I thought it was that cold last night, and then I realized it was the sports talk. Good golly, Miss Molly, who gives a flying crap? If that's what your life is all about, it's time to, like, end it all right now, okay? Time to play Russian roulette with fully loaded chambers. 9.42 at fine. We're not talking about rusty chambers either, okay? You know, when it comes to eating and good food, there are so many good restaurants to choose from. But if you're looking for the best deli in town, you bet it's Herbets. Herbets has been slicing it and piling it on thick for over 30 years. It's New York-style deli at its best with Herbet's homemade pea soup, just like the Dutch, just like my cheap landlord, Peter. Delicious daily specials and the best pastrami, corned beef, and brisket. Herbet's even has the pickles, coleslaw, and cucumber salad on the table, just like the old days, and the good news for them is the old folks haven't been able to put them out of business yet. Herbet's was even voted the best breakfast and cheap eats restaurant on CitySearch.com. Now is the time to be doing your holiday party needs, taking care of that, and Herbet's does a fantastic job with holiday platters and catering for your family parties or at the orifice. Herbets has been doing it for uh, some of Miami's top corporations for years and years. If you order now, mention the Neil Rogers Show, you'll get 10% off your holiday catering order. You can't beat it with a stick. Herbets is located on 79th Avenue, just off the Palmetto. Call Greg at 305-592-7818. That's 305-592-7818. Or also, you can check them out on the net if you like at Herbets.com. The best deli in Miami, you bet. It's Herbets. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Follow Bites. Oh! Are your kids tired of the same old action figures? Frankly, yes. Then spice up their holidays with Mattel's Troubled Celebrity Action Figures. Steal your kid's heart this Christmas with shoplifting Winona. She's more affordable than you think. Look, Bobby, she's cutting off little You bet she is. And there's more. Forget G.I. Joe. Now there's D.U.I. Nick with lifelike Nick Nolte Drool. Ew, Riley. Oh. Uh-huh. Now press his greasy head, and he talks funny, too. Oh, anybody?
I got a roofie. Be sure to collect all of Mattel's troubled celebrity action figures, like Whitney Houston or Pierce Me Christina Aguilera. See if you can find all 12 of her self-mutilation. Wow, she's anatomically correct. This Christmas, shopping is no trouble at all with the troubled celebrity action figures from Mattel. Celebrity Public Relations Dream Team sold separately. 947 at 560 WQAM. Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Chinooka to you. We got Jim Maddie to Chulas at one o'clock today. Hank Goldberg at three. Full four hours for the Humper today. And uh, let's see what's he got on to kill an hour. Patrick Sertan. Oh, that should be pretty embarrassing. Five to six. And then you got the Hurricanes warm up seven to seven thirty. UM at FAU. Another uh, one of those award winning basketball games. Have a big crowd for that. Seven thirty to ten at ten o'clock. It's Eddie K from GA and Joe and Mark overnight. Who used to be really good guys, but Joe we're not sure about anymore. He's gotten surly. So speaking of Buffalo bites. You know, I'm talking, and remember the guy that called toward the end of the show yesterday, that ringer call about, well, he's fairly new to the show, but oh, what's yeah, his deal? Yeah, You're yeah. doing a show, that setup call yes. from Toronto? Right. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm talking about the conversion of the temperature and the fact it was like the wind chill was 25, minus 25 Celsius. See, that's interesting. Other than like when there's a hurricane or some major tropical uh, disturbance down there, there's nothing interesting about the weather in South Florida. Nothing. No, that's hot and humid. In addition to which... See, the thing about Buffalo and upstate New York that a lot of people don't realize is that there's this snow belt and this latest storm that happened over the weekend, you know, that started just in time for the football game. Oh! Uh, this started like across central Michigan and came across southern Ontario, and then it just makes a little dip, you know, like the, uh, well, you probably don't. You know where Niagara Falls and the meets uh, Niagara Falls, New York, and Ontario? Sure. Well, anyway, it makes that little dip, and it comes across south of the, right across southern part of Lake Ontario. So we don't get it here in Toronto. We don't have one flake of snow on the ground. They got two to four feet in Buffalo, and like all upstate New York was inundated the last couple of days, snow up the ass. Which is why Buffalo is the anus of the universe, which is not an excuse for them winning the football game. See, I find that very lame. I find it really sad, you know, the fact that they're bowling and the women are ugly and they're, you know, well, that's great, but they still want a football game. I mean, they can't help it. They live in a crap hole, and that's just the way it is. It is a, it is the end of the world, is Buffalo. So I want to take back all the years I've said South Florida is the end of the universe. Uh, it's number two on the list. Buffalo is it. It is just a horrendous, grotesque, gruesome place. So even though it's colder than a witch's ass here right now, we don't have no snow on the ground. Not, not a flake, not a drop. Does that make you feel better? Oh, much. Well, no, seriously, no. I mean, if it's cold, that's bad enough, but if it's blowing snow and just uh, having a... Oh. Munich, Germany. Uh. Singer Liam Gallagher and several other members of the British rock group Oasis and its entourage were held for questioning after a fight that left Gallagher with several broken teeth. Gallagher's injuries over the weekend forced the band to cancel concerts in Munich on Sunday in Hamburg yesterday. You like Oasis? Mm. They're okay. Yeah, there you go. They're I wouldn't okay. put them. I wouldn't put them in there with the greatest British rock bands of all time, like huh? Punch Up Boys. Yeah, they're no Herman's Hurt Vermin. Right. Munich police said they detained three members of their No Searchers, Needles and Pinza. Munich police said they detained three members of their No um, uh, Ferry Across the Mercy, Jerry and the Pacemakers. And how the hell did the ferry get across the Mercy? Probably flew. <laughs> The unit police said they detained three members of the group, including Gallagher and drummer Alan White, and two of their bodyguards on suspicion of assault, resisting arrest, and damage to property. How do you like that? All were released Sunday afternoon after posting bail. Munich prosecutor Anton Winkler said his office would decide before the end of the year whether to press charges. Before the end of the year. So they'll sit around and decide, you know. 
We will decide, depending on how much beer they drink between now and then. Well, they sure drink their beer. You know what the Germans? Yes. I mean, the Dutch in, in Amsterdam, they're drinking beer like, like you never saw. But in Germany, my God, I'm not making this up. They drink beer for breakfast. Could you handle that? No. Oh, I'm, they drink beer for breakfast. They've got the big steins out, you know, and they're just guzzling it down. Maybe yeah. that's why they didn't remember all those things that happened. Witnesses told police the clash began early Sunday in the disco of the Muchner Hof Hotel, where the band was staying. When the band members were drunk and started pushing each other, one of them fell against the table where five Italians were seated. Police said witnesses told them, Archipicchia, they said. When the Italians tried to remove the musician, the rest of the band reportedly pounced on them. Hotel security separated the two sides, asked them to leave, then called police when the fight resumed outside. Police spokesman Christoph Reichenbach said Gallagher kicked an officer was kneeling down in the chest with full force and the officer was slightly injured. A statement on the band's website Monday said several members of Oasis and their entourage were the victims of an unprovoked attack by a group of youths in a Munich club. Liam Gallagher sustained facial injuries, including several broken teeth, while two of the group's security guards were forced to seek hospital treatment, one after being knocked unconscious, the statement said. Oasis became hugely popular in the mid-90s. Their 95 album, What's the Story, Morning Glory, debuted at number one in the U.K. and became the second best-selling album in British history. I bet you didn't know that. Nope. But you do now. Yep. Not even 10 o'clock, and we're learning on this educational show already. How do you like that? Here's a call from Boynton Beach. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, I can relate to your stories about Buffalo because I am a uh, SUNY of Brockport graduate. And I remember those horrendous winters with that wind whipping off of Lake Ontario. Yeah. Bitingly cold. Um, you know, your topic, uh, your subject today about the um, affirmative action is very interesting. And in my opinion, when it was first proposed many, many, many years ago, it was necessary because of the racism that was so prevalent in this mm -hmm. country. However... Right. I think that it has completely outgrown itself and that now, especially in this country with white people being the minority, um, it is actually working against those types of people. And, uh, for example, with my children, uh, when it was time for me to get my children into a magnet school here in Palm Beach County, you there? Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you know, you fill out the necessary forms and everything, and then they take, they take minority kids. So what I did on the application forms, I just put my kids down as other, even though they're white. Mm -hmm. In today's political correctness-type society, who's going to question whether your kid is mixed or uh, black or white or Spanish? So I just right. put down other. And I put down, them put down Mar Martian. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend to anyone that have children or anybody that's going into college, nobody is going to question you if you mark down that you're of mixed. Because, first of all, the term African-American to me is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. You're mm -hmm. black. Okay? Unless you're from Africa, okay, directly, you are an American or you're black. So, for me... My relatives came many, many, many years ago off the boat from Ireland, Germany. What? I don't call myself an Irish German. I, I've, I've never heard anybody here call themselves an African Canadian. I've never. There's no such term. Exactly. And so, therefore, if they're going to sit there and now they are the majority, and they're going to say, "Well, I'm an African American." Well, guess what? I'm a German American. I'm an Irish American. Yeah, they came over here 200 years ago, but I'm an Irish American because the slaves came here three or four hundred years ago. There you go, my crowd, my friend. Right. And so, so this whole affirmative action deal is completely outgrown itself. I, I think it was necessary back then. 
But you know what? Like I said, with my kids, all children should be on an even keel. And when somebody comes over here from Mexico or, or wherever and they live in an apartment, and I live in a house where my tax dollars pay for the educational system, yet my children are not eligible to go to that school because they're white and these mm -hmm. kids who are resident aliens do get to go, there's something inherently wrong in that. Don't be picking on Alien. It's his birthday coming up in a couple of days. Neil, I love you, and you have a great holiday. And you too, thanks. Well, there's a guy that actually had something to say. made a lot of sense. How do you like that? That's two for two. T for two. Perfect record. Alien and George share the same birthday this Friday, I believe. Isn't that the right day, the 6th? Yes. And isn't it a shame that I'm not there to uh, give you a birthday yeah, gift this no. year? Well, I'll think Fine. about it later on. <laughs> I'll think about it later on, all depending on whether you can butch up your good friend Boca Brian this afternoon when he shows his bald head in there. Because him and, uh, I think he and Eric have been sharing the same drugs. I well, really believe that. With me. Well, maybe he'll bring you some today. For my birthday. Kind of like warm you up. For your birthday, maybe he'll bring you like a big bag of drugs. Excellent. Because he really, he kind of like drug me down with that stupid call yesterday. You know, uh, it's one thing to have an inferiority complex. It's another thing to like spread it around, you know. Am I calling you at a bad time? Am I, am I such a putz? Yeah, you're a putz. You're a putz. You're depressing. He's back to old form anyway. He's just as depressing as ever. God, is he a schmuck. 161 votes on the poll. Do you support affirmative action? No. Those most qualified should always come first. 130, meaning in anything, meaning like in jobs, in the school admissions, in anything. Yes, 23. Only for college emissions. Wait a minute, just changed again. Only for college emissions, we got nine. Live and local. This, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. My country, we have no Negro. First, it was a hit on MTV. Then, a number one movie. Now, it's coming to Broadway. It's Jackass, the musical, starring Johnny Knoxville. Well, hello. Johnny, spread your cheeks. Johnny, it's so fun to punch you right there in the gooch. Yes, all those risky stunts have been combined with fabulous show tunes to create Jackass the Musical. Wow, the music, the dancing, the guy eating a yellow snow cone, it was better than cats. 76 dumb guys crashing golf cars. 76 Jackass the Musical, with all your favorite jackasses on stage singing torch songs, then setting their hair on fire with them. I'm Steve-O, I'm Steve-O, I'm just freaking loco, I'm hurting myself today. The Great White Way has just turned black and blue, thanks to Jackass the Musical. Oh, black. 101560 WQA. Man, it is beautiful. The sun is shining. This is a great day to be sitting inside here and looking outside. You know what I mean? Oh, go open the window. No. Go open the window. You think <laughs> like it may be frozen stuck at this point. It is. Anyway, here's a nice fax from Ricky over in Fort Myers, no less. How the hell is Ricky hearing us? Through the scratches and everything on QAM, I guess. Because the people in Fort Myers and Naples over there got screwed by the Beasleys as usual. We used to be on over there. We had a tremendous, a legion of faithful listener. At least a dozen or two. And then they took us off over there because they got some paid religious crap and financial crap. And so they just put a bunch of crap on there because you know what they say over at Beasley's. That's our middle name is crap. Yeah. They specialize in it. Anyway, Ricky says, hi, Neil. I was just thinking how much I enjoy listening to you. 
My husband's been tuned in quite a while, but me just the last few months. Very refreshing to hear someone in Florida with your sense of humor and brains. We're New England transplants living in Fort Myers. We're not too happy with the general... <laughs> I love this. We're not too happy with the general mentality here, which is either Yahoo or self-righteous Midwestern slash Southern Christians with a hotline to God. But we love the weather and are making a really good living in real estate. However, this is the most unsophisticated place I have ever been, let alone lived. Absolutely correct. Children up north had more on the ball. Anyway, you have at least one. I'm sure many more female listeners out there who thinks you're a lot of fun to listen to in a world where everything is way too serious. A little too much anal humor sometimes. Rectum. But that's just me. Will you be returning to Florida? Please don't retire, says Ricky. Yes, I'll be returning to Florida in January and February. You have to be out of your mind to be up north in January and February. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, if you can help it. Yeah. And so that's that whole snowbird thing again. I think I timed it out pretty good. I mean, I'm catching a couple of these really nasty days. Then I got my nice, uh, you know, I'm, and I do this strictly for the company to show I'm a company man in spite of all the crap they feed me when I'm not there. They feed you folks. Middle of September, or December rather, till the new year. Take the nice couple of week vacation in there. Go off to Amsterdam. Get that apartment all warmed up again, at least over 20 degrees. Give a bag full of money to my Dutch landlord and uh, see what the hell's going on over there, you know? See who's smoking what. Take a look around, see who's smoking. See, that's an interesting thing. The word smoking over there has so many connotations. <laughs> it really does. 184 votes. I can't wait to get back to Amsterdam. You know, this summer I was really sour because I was sick all summer long, you know? So no matter where you are, you just, you're just not happy about where you are no matter what it is. You can be in Vegas. And if you're sick, you're not the happiest camper. Remember that one year you were with us that year? Sure. We had oh, to drag my. you downstairs for the uh, the big party. God, was I sick? Even everybody. at this at this point, I and you know what it was? What? Stress. Oh, oh. That was the year that we had the Bob Lincoln mess, and we also had that crazy satellite guy. Remember that guy? Yes. That sponsor? Yes. And between the two of them, they nearly put me in an early grave. See that that remind that's very similar. Reminds me of that thing with the the trips to Vegas of the, our website situation, where I feel like even though my name is attached to it, I have no I have no control over it. The whole thing is out of my control, and I don't want to go into a big song and dance because then Eric will be crying on the phone again with you. I'll let I'll let you and Brian and Eric and Carlos. I'll let the four musketeers out there handle the whole thing, which is probably a bad mistake on my part. Speaking of the four musketeers, now how do you say his name? Who's Alexander Dumas? Actually, his name is Dumas. Dumbass. Alexander Dumbass. His remains have been moved. Now, did you know he was black? I don't know who he is. Come on! Are you kidding me, the Three Mouseketeers? Oh, he wrote that? Oh. Didn't the guy just get through a few minutes ago talking about your great education in Montana, in uh, yeah, well, that was Shelby, him. or whatever he was talking was. about? Yeah, two eggs. Yeah, he didn't, didn't have a clue. I saw the movie, See, both uh, versions. Alexander Dumas, like I Dumbass. read that book. You're, you never read the book? Of course not. They the had a movie of it. Athos, Porthos, Aramis, and D'Artagnan. Very good. I could have named them because I saw well, the movie. I'm naming them because it's written right here in this story. Michael, in front Michael of you, York, idiot. Oliver Reed. <laughs> but I could have named them anyway. Anyway, draped in a blue velvet cloth inscribed with the Musketeer's motto, One for All, All for One, the remains of author Alexander Dumas were transferred Saturday to the Pantheon. The mausoleum where French luminaries are interred. <laughs> Thousands of... That... <laughs> and by the way, what you told me about the phone before, about why these people sound like they're in a barrel, I purposely shut off my mic during that last call. Yeah. And it's not, it's not coming, it's not the echo from here, okay? 
Okay. It's on. It's our phone system is a piece of crap. Because some of the calls sound sensational. And some others, they sound like we're doing underwater with Jacques Cousteau. Thousands of Dumas fans join the procession to the mausoleum, many carrying copies of his books, The Three Musketeers, and The Man in the Iron Mask. Don't you remember that? Of course I do. Both uh, versions of that, too. Maybe three. Flanking the coffin were four men costumed as the Musketeers, Athos, Porthos, Aramis, and D'Artagnan. Parts of his plays, including Henry III and his court and Antony, were performed on a stage set up in front of the Pantheon, whose giant dome and columns were lit up in blue. Excuse me, but I always thought the Pantheon was in Athens. That's what I thought. No, no, that's the Parthenon. No. Yeah. Well, Trust one of me. them is in one of them is in Rome. Which one is in Rome? See, now you're making me feel bad because I haven't been in Rome for a while. No, I, I don't. I think you're wrong. I think I, the Pantheon. I definitely know the, uh, the well. Pantheon well, means somebody will guy. straighten us out on it. Okay, the Parthenon, the Pantheon, the Parthenon. Uh, and this guy don't even know the Three Musketeers. I know them. He the knows movie. like uh, the original, the like, uh, Cubby and Bobby and uh, Annette. He knows those Musketeers. Right, and Harpo and Zeppo and Gummo. President Jacques Chirac ordered the transfer last spring to acknowledge the author's immense contribution to French literature and society. With you, it is our childhood, hours of church reading in secret emotion, passion, adventure, and panache that enters the pantheon, Chirac said at the ceremony. You know, uh, Jacques Chirac, <coughs> that obnoxious frog? Yes. Now, where's, where's the thing about, oh, the grandson of a black Haitian slave. Dumas entered French high society, went on to become a popular novelist and dramatist. He died in 1870. See, this is why it's taken so long for them to put his uh, remains with all these other hot shots. That's right. Early Saturday, France's Republican Guard escorted the coffin from Dumas' Monte Cristo Chateau outside Paris. Dumas' hometown, Villers-Courtrais, whatever the hell that is, Courtrai, initially opposed the transfer, saying the author made clear in his memoirs he wanted to be buried in that village. But the village eventually bought the government decision, and Dumas' body was exhumed from its cemetery on Tuesday and put into a new coffin in preparation for the transfer. Well, let's hear it for the remains of Alexander Dumas, and maybe we'll find him right next to Ted Williams' frozen head. We just take all these body parts and, like, just jam them all together. Make a Frankenstein. Right. Sounds good to me. Remember Frankenstein? Yeah. Oh, pain in the ass. Another chronic. We got rid of him. Let's hear it. Oh! But the problem is, every time I was thinking about this this morning while I was shaving, and it's a good thing I don't use a straight razor, every time we get rid of one chronic asshole, another one pops up. Haven't I always said that? It's like the Hydra. <laughs> yeah, you can't kill it. It's like slicing up an earthworm, man. You slice a piece off the end, and the rest of it just keeps wiggling around. You slice off the other end, and the middle keeps wiggling around. The only way to get rid of it is to, like, crush it. The Supreme Court agreed yesterday to decide if minorities can be given a boost to get into universities, a subject still heatedly contested a quarter of a century after the justices first addressed affirmative action in college admissions. The court will tell universities how much weight, if any, they may assign to an applicant's race. At stake are race-conscious admissions policies at many public and private colleges, law schools, and medical schools. The only time the Supreme Court considered a college race case... The justices issued a split 1978 ruling that banned racial quotas but gave states little other direction. Both sides of the affirmative action debate wanted the court to try again. Justices will consider whether some white applicants to the University of Michigan and its law school were rejected unconstitutionally because of their race under the Constitution's guarantee of equal protection for all under the law. Michigan President Mary Sue Coleman said the outcome will have a profound impact on our nation's higher education system and on our race relations broadly. Now is not the time to turn back the clock, she'd be saying. The color of your skin determines so many important things about your life experience, where you live, where you go to work, and with whom you work. Race still matters in our society. The ideal of colorblindness does not mean we can or should be blind to that reality, she said. Opponents contend that race-conscious policies hurt white college applicants by giving slots to less qualified minority prospects. 
Well, so if they can't play the slots, let them play blackjack. They're also unfair to minorities who are stigmatized and held to a demeaningly lower standard, said Kurt Levy, a lawyer with the Washington-based Center for Individual Rights, which is representing white students in the challenge. See, every time you mention something about rights for whites, they're always in the minds of some people, it conjures up, you know what I'm talking about, sheets and hoods right. and stuff like that. What's wrong with rights for whites? Nothing. How about rights for everybody? Right. Levy said that black enrollment initially fell when race considerations were abandoned in public colleges in California, Florida, Texas, and Washington State. But he said the numbers are increasing proof that race does not have to be a factor in admissions for the rest of the country. The Supreme Court now, while that goes on about the other stuff, about the homos and that stuff in Texas, they got bigger fish to fry than that. And like I said earlier, the fact that we're even talking about that in America in 2002, the fact that anybody's even discussing that, whether the government's got a right to stick their nose in anybody's bedroom and see what consenting adults are doing is so ludicrous, and it's like shining a big spotlight on what's wrong with America, this police state, where the rest of the civilized countries, and again, I underline civilized, laugh at us like, are you people crazy or what? So I guess we're uh, more in league with our Saudi and other Arab fanatic, our fanatical Islamic friends than uh, a lot of people would think, you know? I know. Yeah, like the Saudis. Right. And we were so we were so aghast at the way the women were treated in Afghanistan. We didn't give a crap about it until uh, 9-11. We couldn't give a flying crap about it less. We were all set to go in with that Afghan pipeline, you know, start pumping that oil out of there. We're all gung-ho. We didn't give a crap what they did to the women. And the same thing now with this Brits, with this Jack, the last straw, this thing with the Brits yesterday about all the human rights abuses in Iraq. Interesting timing, by the way, Jack Straw. You are the last straw. And even Amnesty International says, we've been screaming about that for 20 years. None of you people gave a crap about it then. But now that you're getting ready to go in there and drop La Bamba, now all of a sudden, oh, my God, they're, they're giving acid bats and they're gassing people. Yeah, well, they've been doing that for all along. with our, And we were laughing and looking the other way. We loved it. Isn't it interesting how the public suck? The public in this country is so stupid, man. They'll buy anything, anything. How much? For a hum job? <laughs> Twelve minutes after ten at five sixty WQAM. It's here, the holiday shopping and schlepping season. Everywhere you go, traffic and lines, parking hassles. It's a real pain in the grass. If you need a new mattress, do you really want to be out schlepping around in this kind of a situation? No. Absolutely not. So do the smart thing like I do and like George did on Friday and like everybody else. Call the betting experts at 1-800-MATTRESS. That's the number for dollar mattress. Even the recalcitrant Miguel did that. Now's the time to call 1-800-MATTRESS. Get your new mattress today and sleep like a baby tonight. Dollar mattress carries the area's largest inventory of top-quality Sealy, Serta, Simmons, and King Coral mattresses. I should know I've been sleeping on a dollar mattress for years, and my back is lovely, even nicer than Moe's. And delivery is unbeatable. You get same-day delivery, evenings, weekends, most holidays. They have a 99% on-time delivery record. Call now, have your new mattress in as little as two hours, or choose the date and time most convenient for you. They're not like the cable company that gives you the eight-hour window expecting you to sit around all day long and then sometimes still doesn't even show up. Plus, when they get there, Dollar Mattress takes away the crappy, smelly old bedding and sets up the brand new one for you. So if you're a snowbird just coming back, get rid of the old mattress and have you relax on a brand new one. You'll be sleeping better than you did at home, like in Connecticut. Call Dollar Mattress right now, toll-free, 1-800-MATTRESS. Avoid the holiday shoppers. Don't waste all your time and money going from store to store. For the best mattress at even better prices, call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S for Dollar Mattress, the easiest possible way in the world to buy you a bed. Sports Radio 560. QAM. People piss me off. Baby, launch a couple missiles. Oh! 
toward a place we know. Oh, 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 right. And aim them at a fella whose first name begins with O. There's one thing we all understand. Al-Qaeda won't be finished until we blow up Pakistan. Uh-huh. We could chase them around forever with our tanks and all our troops. But special forces are so tired of jumping through them hoops. You know we need another plan So let's cut out all the nonsense And go blow up Pakistan Al-Qaeda needs a nuclear tan Why don't we stop saying boom boom 1018 at 560 wqam so what do you think about those shoulder uh, fired missiles huh oh i got three <laughs> see you know one thing i call me stupid okay but one thing i've never been able to understand are these arms dealers yeah yeah which are the these, biggest ones these no 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 these mercenaries i'm talking about like individuals yeah I'm not talking about uh, countries. I'm talking about individuals. 60 Minutes who, uh, had a piece about uh, one of the most prominent ones Yeah. years ago. I remember that. And they, they go around. They, like, uh, pedal to the highest bidder. Well, whatever you yeah. want. We got them. <laughs> and where the hell did they get them? They buy them. Well, like at the gun at the gun show on a weekend? Well, yeah. From our big... I, I understand that. I understand that. But isn't that grotesque and just unspeakable? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like we're, we're we're gnashing our teeth about all these biological and chemical weapons as if we weren't, along with the Ruskies, the biggest manufacturer of these in the world. And we were and we still are. We're still making them. We can't be bothered with any of those treaties. We're still pumping this stuff out. And, of course, if a little bit of it gets out or a lot of it gets out, we can't control it or we got this guy turns out to be his counter-spy, well... You know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Crap happens, man. And if there's anybody who believes this dog and pony show that's going on right now with these inspections, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe because we're in the holiday spirit, you know. We don't want to start, even though Ramadan is over, we don't want to start dropping La Bamba right at Christmas and Hanukkah time. That would be bad timing. Maybe like right afterward, though, right after New Year's. Because if there's anybody, but I, I'll tell you right now, if Sodom farts and it's the wrong flavor, La Bamba. He can look right up there and see Una Bamba. If he drops the Bamba and it's the wrong flavor, he's going to get another Bamba come right on his ass. It's, it's just going to happen. So all this other crap with the inspectors and with all of these speeches, uh, it's all posturing, man. It's all it's already been decided long ago. I just mentioned that in passing. So what are you more concerned about with these airports being, uh, you know, at risk? Or, or. cruise ships? How many years have I been screaming, begging you people on this show, the one voice of reason, the one voice of sanity saying, don't waste your vacation money on those goddamn cruise ships. You're going to be sorry. You're going to be sick. You're going to be sorry. Your wife may get raped at it or whatever, your girlfriend or both. And now we got an epidemic. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said yesterday that its investigators have begun looking into the cause of the latest outbreak of stomach sickness to Mars ship crews. <laughs> The CDC staff was aboard the ship and were working with Carnival Cruise Lines to determine the root cause or source of the illness, said spokesman Mike Grout. When in doubt, call Mike Grout. 
The illness appeared Sunday when 171 passengers and four crew members aboard the Carnival cruise ship Fascination began suffering gastrointestinal symptoms, said Jennifer De La Cruz, a spokesman for the Carnival Corporation. De La Cruz. Isn't that interesting? Uh, funny how she spelled Her name that. is Jennifer De La Cruz, Jennifer of the Cruz line ship. Probably a phony name. The number is slightly more than 5% of the 2,430 passengers and 920 crew members who made the three-day voyage to the Bahamas, which got underway on Friday. That'll teach them to go to the Bahamas in the first place. What a crap hole, man. What a toilet. De La Cruz said the cruise line presumed that the symptoms were caused by the Norwalk virus, as was the case with other recent outbreaks on cruise ships. We're treating it like it was a Norwalk-like virus, De La Cruz said. The Norwalk virus is one of the most common causes of gastrointestinal illness and tends to strike people in confined spaces, said Dave Forney, chief of the CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program. The virus can be transmitted person to person or by consuming contaminated food or water. Outbreaks occur regularly on land, Forney said, and cruise ship outbreaks occur several times a year. Another great uh, reason to get you on a cruise. Be a captive audience out there. I love when they go during hurricane season. You know, they get caught in the middle oh, of these yeah. hurricanes. I love that. And I think that people, whatever they get, if you're that dumb, you go, you deserve it. You deserve to be puking your guts out and having wild <coughs> diarrhea. If you're stupid enough to go on a cruise ship, you must be an idiot. You're a captive audience with a bunch of losers out there. And the idea that, you know, these ships to, to nowhere that go out there and they gamble. Sure. Uh, you're not going to win any money on those. I did. That's, you, you do what? I did. It was my first gambling experience. I won 150 bucks. Woo! <laughs> I started with well, five. Well, if I had known that, that's going to change a lot about that birthday check. I'll tell you that right now. Any opera and that contract, forget about oh, that. Yeah. Who needs that? <clears throat> I wouldn't worry about it. I'm not. I gave up. I gave I, up. As, as Norma Kent would say, forget about it. I mean, what would a putsy is, you know what? How many weeks and months is this dragged on now, and he can't even get something as simple and basic done as that? I get poor little Georgie his contract done. George, the human uh, bartering chip. Boy. Just tragic, Norma. You are a waste. You're useless. Good golly. If I if I was you, I'd go out to the swing club, like uh, whenever the hell they're open again. Are they even still open? Yeah, I guess. I'd go out there and get busted. He can help you with stuff like that. But getting okay. you a contract, I mean, forget about that. I mean, with perverts, he's good with that. That's how I met him. Any outbreak? Well, what are you talking about? You know, you're a pervert. You got to have a good lawyer like that. Any outbreaks are of concern to us, he said. The cruise lines are doing everything they can to address the problem. Sunday's outbreak on the fascination was the third such recent report. You turd. Nearly 500 passengers and crew aboard the last two voyages of the Disney cruise ship Magic fell ill with the Norwalk virus. It, was ma it wasn't magic. It was tragic. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you people, man? When are you going to learn? You have so Most people have such limited vacation time. Am I right? Yeah. And most people also have a limited vacation budget. Right. So you put those things together, and it means this is something you want to, like the uh, association would say, cherish. You want to cherish it. You want to savor it. You want to enjoy it. You want to take all the nice snapshots and pictures and put it in your goddamn uh, uh, photo album. So you have something nice, nice memories as opposed to, like, puking and crapping your guts out on some damn cruise ship. And then these people would say, oh, but they just have lots and lots of food. Yeah, but it's all crap. Lots and lots of food. Those are the same people you see at the cheap buffets. Not at the Emerald Coast, by the way, although you see some fat people there, too. At the really cheap buffets. You know, like the, the people that rush to Vegas so they can go to the buffets. Right. What kind of a slob stands in line for an hour and a half at a buffet so they can eat, like, for a two ninety nine? eat them, just stuff their face, huh? Well, certainly not fat rich. He just, uh... No, he just picks up somebody <laughs> else's thing off their table. 
What a disgrace that was, Richie. We'll never forget about that. Yeah, but hey, when you pay your thing, where, where, which place was that? Was that the, the Imperial, Imperial Palace? Palace? Yeah. And don't, by the way, don't ever go there. No, Nazis. Oh. Uh, see, there you go again. We already got that what? straightened out, and I no. just had to dump it. Don't say that again. Hey, a crowd. Don't a say it again. All right. God. Skinhead crowd. We, 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 I'm talking about an individual in the hotel that gave me a hard time, me and my wife, when we were there trying to have a, a decent time. I could fix your ass so good. I can just sit back in his chair. You ought to see me. I'm just leaning back in the chair, <laughs> looking at that beautiful scene out there. The sun is shining, blue sky. In fact, it looks like Vegas out there. It's only about 100 degrees colder, but nevertheless... Now, what were we just saying before you interrupted me so rudely? Oh, that fat rich. Fat rich. At the buffet. Goes in there, and when, they, when you paid your thing, they give you like a little stub, and they tear it. They tear it, and, they put, and then you put it on the table, or they put it on the table, to show that you've paid, and that you can come and go and pig out. So somebody, I guess, had left one on their table, and fat rich being the cheap prick that he is, he goes and picks it up off somebody else's table, sticks it on the table that he sits down at, and then proceeds to go with like 20 or 30 refills and pick out at the buffet. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure you would. One of the world's great freeloaders that I've ever encountered is the fat man. Not that I would now have the stones to do that, but... Now so. you understand why he just had to recently go through that thing where they had to, like, squeeze his balls back down to size and... <laughs> huh? You're, you're laughing. Oh, but, well, in retrospect. Now, he told me, don't mention this, that when it was going on, but now that he's right. back to normal, thank goodness, and seems to be doing okay and is still alive, now we can joke about it. But it was no laughing matter. Looked like he had a football between his legs. Good golly, Miss Molly. Anyway, he's okay. Now, what were you just saying about the MGM Grand? That's the place I like. 1027, just shut up already, will you please? See, I go from one extreme to the other. I got McGill last week who won't say anything. Now I get this maniac back again who's obviously on heavy-duty drugs today, and he's a bop, bop, bop. I just can't I shut him up. I have a true story that has nothing to do I don't with the other it. stuff. All right. I don't want to hear about it. Tell the audience at Treasure Island. That'll be a nice incentive to get him to come out to Bill Seidel's instead of that asshole with the uh, fanny pack. Get some different oh, people out there to see you. That'll be an incentive. Tell all the true stories you want out there, okay? You can even invite Al Goldstein to come out there and rip all of his friends. Oh. 1027 at 560 WQAM. Let's face it, you've been hearing about fast train on this station until you ought to be an expert by now, I would think. The facts are very easy. Even simple people out there, which it covers a lot of territory, can figure it out. If you have the dedication, fast train can provide you with the necessary training to get out of your dead-end job, to get out of that really low-paying job, and become a certified computer professional. According to Time Magazine, the demand for computer professionals will continue to explode. The average student completes the training in just four short months, attending school three nights a week. Once you complete your certification, Fast Train can help you out in obtaining a great new high-paying computer job. That's what it's all about. Fast Train invites you to come in and visit our trained career counselor and determine which track is ideal for you. Is it Scioto Downs? Is it Lebanon? Is it Jackson Harness Raceway? Maybe Batavia Downs? Or maybe it's Mohawk? Call Fast Train toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN to set up an appointment with four convenient locations. There's bound to be a Fast Train near you. They're in Miami, Kendall, Pembroke Pines, and Fort Lauderdale. Tony Kerwood and um, uh, Roger Mayotte are waiting for you. Don't forget to ask the career counselor for a list of students just like yourself who are currently in their dream jobs thanks to the great training they got at Fast Train. You can be in a great new job before spring. Call them right now, <coughs> toll-free, at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web, if you like, at FastTrain.com. Mike and Lowell. 
This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Tres sacanadas, judío bastardo. Eisner? Mr. Mouse? What the hell are you doing to me? What do you mean, sir? Why am I reading in the paper you're going to put a Disney theme park in Brooklyn? Well, sir, we're just scouting locations. Jesus, I'm scouting CEOs. You are killing me. But, but, but sir, look what we've done with New York City, oh. Times Square, 42nd Street. Hang on. Remus! Remus! Turn off the vacuum cleaner, Remus! Get that bluebird out of here! Okay, boss. Eisner. But, sir, look what we've done with Midtown Manhattan. 42nd Street is incredible. Oh, you know what? Publicly, I supported that, but you took all the porn away. You're killing me. I'm going through Gaviscon like Pez. We're just scouting areas. Calm down. Listen to me, butt munch. Don't tell me to calm down. We got lucky with Lilo and Stitch, $128 million. Now, you're trying to ruin the whole network. What kind of programming are you running? Hang on a minute. Remus, yeah, you've got bluebird crap all over your shoulder. <laughs> Clean yourself up, for heaven's sake. And turn off the vacuum cleaner. Okay, Good God. Sir, the network is fine. Why couldn't you come up with American Idol? Good God, you're still running James Bond movies. They're 60 years old. Why don't you just put Steamboat Willie on and be done with it? At least then I'd make a couple of damn dollars. Well, the, the movie division's fine. You mentioned Lilo and Stitch, and now we have the new M. Night Shyamalan movie coming out later oh, this summer. Oh, I know, signs. What the hell does that mean? Stop sign, yield sign. you got to start swinging some of these titles past me. Please. Remus. Remus. Can't hear you, boss. I know you can't hear me, Remus. You're still wrong. Yes, sir. I'd be very careful the next time I started my car if I were you. What, what, what do you mean, sir? I'm about done with you. What? About done. What, sir? I'll put Hannah Storm in your job. But, sir, I'm You're sorry. terrible. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll put Remus in there. I'd like to be president of Disney, Remus. Uh, oh, my. What a wonderful day. <laughs> Get out of here, you nutbag. 1033 at 560. Maybe Remus can be the beneficiary of uh, affirmative action and be the CEO. How about you say? Eisner? <laughs> 249 votes. Do you support affirmative action? No, those most qualified should always come first. 205. 82.3% of us oh. said that. Yes, 31. 31 people out there, 12.4% say, we support affirmative action, which, of course, is ridiculous. And only for college admissions, 13, 5.2%. Here is a great column. Not a good column, a great column by William Raspberry in yesterday's Washington Post. You ready? I'm ready. This is not too long. It's short. I got some long stuff, though, coming up. I bet you can't wait to hear about the Bush dynasty and the Cuban criminals. Oh, yeah, well. From the uh, London Guardian. But anyway, we'll do this first, please. William Raspberry says, I've been trying to figure out why people like Attorney General John Ashcroft frighten me. More accurately, I've been trying to figure out how to say it in a way that makes sense. I think I know the source of my fear, the danger of an imposed theocracy. To those who don't already agree with me, it would seem fair to lump Ascroft in with the religio-political right crowd that would shove its version of the religious truth down our throats. It won't seem fair. There's nothing evil appearing about Ascroft. He seems only to have the strength of his convictions, including his deeply held religious convictions. He doesn't rail at us. He doesn't preach fire and brimstone. He's mild-mannered and earnest. 
Yet he and people like him seem to hold a view of what America, or at any rate, ought, uh, is, or what, uh, at any rate, ought to be, that is based not on the civic virtues of what we're so proud, but on specifically religious ones. And I fear that he would take every fair chance to make his views the American view. What's wrong with that? Isn't that one of the reasons people get into politics or become civically active or write newspaper columns? Am I talking about anything beyond the fact that I'm on one side and people like the Attorney General are on the other and for now prevailing side? I think so, but I find it hard to express in words that make sense to those who hold a different view. Take the subject of what to teach our children about our origins. Evolution seems such an obvious truth, religious beliefs and scientific arguments notwithstanding, that it seems clear to me we ought to teach evolution, perhaps with the mention that other people hold a different view. But suppose, and I don't mean to impute this belief to Ascroft, you believe that a six-day creation is the obvious truth, and suppose you're in a position to help your belief become the dominant view. Wouldn't you want all our children to have access, real access, not just a perfunctory mention to this truth? You see why it's hard to talk about, but why should I be frightened? Here's why. People for whom religion is the source of wisdom and truth, whose religious and civic lives are seamlessly connected, and who hold governmental authority must be greatly tempted to do what they can, can to place truth on the throne. Maybe they have to make the effort. But isn't that just the effort that was made by the Taliban? Doesn't that urge or something like it drive the religious zealotry that ultimately justifies much of international terrorism? Aren't those right-thinking clerics in Nigeria who want to stone that allegedly adulterous woman to death, but who seem willing to look the other way with regard to her sexual partner, acting out of their sense of truth? We are a long way from establishing anything like the Taliban in America, but not far at all from having imposed on us a version of truth that would justify the suspension of our civil liberties and other constitutional inconveniences. We won't stone anybody to death for objecting to having their computers downloaded or for declining to recite the Pledge of Allegiance or for skipping under God in the addendum. But there are those who would extract the price for these breaches and evidence that the rest of us might let them, if only for the duration of the crisis. It is silly, is it, rather, is it silly to fear that if religious-based political conservatism holds power for a few more years, we'll have more crises, more erosions of civil liberties, and a dead, deadened sense of resistance? Will some latter-day Pastor Niemöller have to record that they came for the terrorists, they came for the sympathizers, the loony liberals, while good people did nothing? Do I assume that the religio-political right is so fundamentally evil that if given half a chance, it will do bad things to the rest of us? No, I think power combined with the view that those in power must not distinguish between their religious and civic selves is dangerous, whatever its source. For now, the source is the right. The genius of America, whatever made this polyglot, polycultural, polychromatic nation such a success, is that it has managed to devise a civic religion, less doctrinally specific but no less devoutly held, that can coexist with the gamut of our private religions. Is civic religion in danger too? Asked William Raspberry in yesterday's Washington Post. A little bit nervous about John Ascroft. I can't imagine why. <laughs> the Bush dynasty and the Cuban criminals. I think I better do the break first, don't you? Well, how long is it? It's long enough. And then talking back to talk radio, time to take back our airwaves. What a great column. This guy is very long. I never, ever, it's like five pages, I don't know, well, four pages plus, by Tom Hartman. It's exactly what I've been screaming about, right on target, from Common Dreams News Center. New law requires high schools to cooperate with Pentagon on recruiting. Are you aware of that? You had a blurb about that a couple weeks ago, three yeah. And not too many people noticed it. They kind of stuck it in some uh, federal, the federal education law. They stuck a little a line or two in there about it. Bankruptcy talks to Roman uh, Boston Catholics. They're whipped up into a frenzy about that. They see what it's all about. The scam. Here, let's just uh, do chapter 11. Chapter 12 and 13 and 14, too, while we're at it. 
or let's at least talk about it a lot so we can scare these uh, hotshot attorneys into making their clients settle for like a, a fraction of what they ought to be getting. And you know something when you say what they ought to be getting? There is no price, no price to repay those people. Correct. Whose lives have been twisted and turned upside down by these pedophile priests and the institution, this grotesque, corrupt institution that covered it all up and pretended to be looking the other way. And they're still doing the same thing, by the way. Nothing has changed. Talking about a dog and pony show. That was all a pile of bull crap. 20 before 11 at 560 WQM. We got the Mad Dog from Shula Stake 2 at 1. We got Hank with, uh, what's his name? Patrick Sertain will be in there. Three, I think, I think after his performance on Sunday, I ought to change his name back to Sertain. Don't you, Carlos? Yeah. In fact, I changed my name to Joe Smith after that game he played. At any rate, Hank 3 to 7. You got Hurricane Warm Up 7 o'clock, 730 UM at FAU Basketball with Joe Zagaki and whoever does color on there. Did we ever figure out who does color on the basketball games? Josh. Clarence? Yep. Clarence is doing color on the basketball. Oh, that's right. Clarence did a basketball game the other day. How did he do? Because Joe Zagaki was doing uh, the football game in Syracuse. I've never heard of him. Well, let's get some spy reports on that, how Clarence did on the basketball game. Eddie K at 10 o'clock after the U.M. game, and then Joe and Mark overnight. Let me tell you about a great product for your health right now. We've heard us talk about this on the show for a long time. You ought to be popping it right now. What are you waiting for? Oleomed. Great stuff. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of the finest olive oil that you'll find anywhere with vitamins, minerals, herbals, other nutrients. They're all packed in there in those little capsules, scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help you support specific health needs. They have one for your mind, one to help you control your cholesterol, etc. And now they have three great new formulas, one to help you sleep, one to help you control your weight, and CoQ10, which is stupendous and mighty important for your heart. All using the benefits, like I said, of the best olive oil you can find. By the way, what did you say about the Parthenon and the Pantheon? Uh, the part, yeah, the Parthenon is in Athens and the Pantheon is in Rome. What did I tell you? See, yeah. there you go, the French stealing once again, stealing this, just like they stole the language from the Italians and then they butchered it up anyway. Didn't they steal it from the Italians? Yes, it's Latin-based. I understand, just like you Spix stole it, but at least the Spix made a pretty sounding language when the Spaniards speak it, not you guys. But See, the frogs, the frogs with that guttural... <laughs> you don't like it because the Spaniards speak with a lift. I'm not talking about the Castilians. I'm talking about the speaker of the, the speaker, speaker who speak, speak it right, right. The Espanolist. Like uh, Luis Miguel, he'd be speaking it right. Si. And he don't have no lisp, although he probably should. Oleomed's a great new product that's available at Publix, Eckerd's, and Walgreens if you'd like to get more. And by the way, Mariah, the answer is still no. For more information, call Oleomed toll-free at 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can order their products online at oleomedamerica.com. And don't forget, here's some of the most shocking news of the century. If you visit your nearest Publix and buy you an Oleomed product in Dador Broward, you can still get that coupon good for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll. Okay. While supplies last. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing home games like this coming weekend. Pick up some free information and Oleomed samples. And for your health, start popping some Oleomed in your puss real soon. Live, live and local. Here's Sports Radio 560 QAM. This holiday, get your despised relatives and hated friends a fruitcake they're even less likely to touch than ordinary fruitcakes. Get them a Christopher Lowell fruitcake. I'm Christopher Lowell, and I've been working long and hard in my kitchen to bring you a fruitcake that's packed to the rim with sweet meats. Oh, 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 another one's ready. I just love the golden brown color of that big old loaf. 
I just want to wrap my lips around it right now. Don't you? Of course. Because there's a little bit of Christopher in every Christopher Lowell fruitcake. That's right, honey. I hand-selected all the nuts and candied fruits in every one of these delicious concoctions. And wait till you get to the creamy center. That's one fruitcake that's really got spunk. And best of all, my Christopher Lowell fruitcakes don't contain any cherries. Hate them! So don't delay. Order your Christopher Lowell fruitcake today. Because Christmas is coming. <laughs> Don't I know it. <laughs> Ta-ta! I wonder if he knew Peter Clayton. 1045 at 560 WQAM. 277 votes on the poll. Do you support affirmative action? Uh, no. Those most qualified should always come first. 230. Yes, 33. Only for college admissions, 14. Be saying yes. The Bush dynasty and the Cuban criminals. This is from the uh, British paper, The Guardian. The brother of President George Bush, the Florida governor, Jeb Bush, has been instrumental in securing the release from prison of militant Cuban exiles convicted of terrorist offenses, according to a new book. The Bush family has also accommodated the demands of Cuban exile hardliners in exchange for electoral and financial support, the book be saying. Last year, after 9-11, while the Justice Department announced the sweep of terrorist suspects, Cubans convicted of terrorist offenses were being released from U.S. jails with the consent of the Bush administration, according to the book, Cuba Confidential, Love and Vengeance in Miami and Havana by Anne Louise Bardak, the award-winning investigative journalist who has covered Cuban and Miami politics for the New York Times and Vanity Fair. The Bush family connections go back to 1984 when Jeb Bush began a close association with Camilo Padrera, Padreda, a former intelligence officer with the Batista dictatorship overthrown by Castro. Jeb Bush was then the chairman of the Dade County Republican Party and Padreda was its finance chairman. Padreda had earlier been indicted on a $500,000 embezzlement charge along with a fellow exile, Hernandez Cartaya, but the charges were dropped reportedly after the CIA stated that Cartaya had worked for them. Padreda later pleaded guilty to defrauding the Housing and Urban Development Department of millions of dollars during the 1980s. The president's younger brother was also on the payroll in the 80s of the prominent Cuban exile Miguel Bracare, who had earlier assisted the CIA in attempts to assassinate Fidel Castro. Bracare, who ran International Medical Center's IMC, employed Jeb Bush as a real estate consultant and paid him a $75,000 fee for finding a company in a new location, although the move never took place, which raised questions at the time. Jeb Bush did, however, lobby the Reagan-slash-Bush administration vigorously and successfully on behalf of Bracare and IMC. I want to be very wealthy, Jeb Bush told the Miami News when questioned during that period of time. In 1985, Jeb Bush acted as a conduit on behalf of supporters of the Nicaraguan Contras with his father, then the vice president, and helped arrange for IMC to provide free medical treatment for the Contras. Ricari was later charged with massive Medicare fraud, but fled the U.S. before his trial and is now a fugitive. Jeb Bush sealed his popularity with the Cuban exile community by acting as campaign manager for another prominent Cuban-American, Eliana Gross-Leighton, Rosanna Dana, when she ran successfully for Congress. George Bush Sr. famously appeared with her during her campaign in Miami, declaring, I am certain in my heart I will be the first American president to step foot on the soil of a free and independent Cuba. She has since lobbied successfully for the release of several exiles convicted of terrorist offenses held in U.S. jails, but who now live freely in Miami. Most controversially, at the request of Jeb, Mr. Bush Sr. intervened to release the convicted Cuban terrorist Orlando Bosch from prison and then granted him U.S. residency. According to the Justice Department in George Bush Sr.'s administration, Bosch had participated in more than 30 terrorist acts. He was convicted of firing a rocket into a Polish ship which he was on a passage to Cuba. He was also implicated in the 1976 blowing up of a 
Cubana plane flying to Havana from Venezuela, in which all 73 civilians on board were killed. CIA memorandums suggest strongly, according to Bardash's book, that Bosch was one of the conspirators and quotes the then Secretary of State Henry Kissinger as writing that the U.S. government had been planning to suggest Bosch's deportation before Cubana Airlines crash took place for his suspected involvement in other terrorist acts in violation of his parole. Bosch's release, often referred to in the U.S. media as a pardon, was the result of pressure brought by hardline Cubans in Miami, with Jeb Bush serving as their point man. Bosch now lives in Miami and remains unrepentant about his militant activities, according to Bardash. In July of this year, Jeb Bush nominated Raul Contero, the grandson of Batista, as a Florida Supreme Court judge despite his lack of experience. Mr. Cantero had previously represented Bosch and acted as his spokesman, once describing Bosch on Miami radio as a great Cuban patriot. Other Cuban exiles involved in terrorist acts, Jose Dionisio Suarez and Virgilio Paz Romero, who carried out the 1976 assassination of the Chilean diplomat Orlando Letelier in Washington, have also been released by the current Bush administration. The current administration also maintains a hard line on the continuing Cuban embargo despite the urgings of many in Mr. Bush's own party to end it. The president's advisor, Karl Rove, has urged him to fully accommodate hardliners in return for electoral victories for both his brother and himself, Bardash's book says. For their help, many hardline Cuban-Americans have received plum jobs in the current administration. Mel Martinez, the Orlando Republican, who arranged for the shipwrecked Cuban boy Elian Gonzalez to visit Disney World, was made housing secretary, while Otto Reich was awarded a one-year uh, recess appointment for the Western Hemisphere in the State Department. Ever seen him? No. Otto, blonde, blue-eyed, German. R-E-I-C-H. Reich. Reich. Yeah. Well, he must have a little spick in him somewhere. Immigrant. At any rate. So there's a little something for you. That's another good reason why Jeb got re-elected governor. Oh! Nice going there, Jebster. He wanted to become very rich and make a lot of money, and guess what? Somehow he did. And good old Neil Bush is back in there again with those great... <laughs> He's got his nose in the education system. Just amazing how you people in Florida, you never met a crook you didn't like. Let's stick him in there again, whether it was John LaMelo, whether it's uh, Raul Martinez, no matter who the hell it is. Never met a gangster or a crook that they didn't love. Am I right about that or what? That's it. Now, this thing, this is going to take me forever to read this, and they're going to get very... Well, maybe I should take a call or two first, huh? You think we have any? Hey, One. call. We have a call. See, this works out fine, because then you won't say, well, gee, all you did was do those bedtime stories. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm fine. Take a few calls, and we took a couple so far. Here's another one from Palm Beach. Hello. I'm just listening on hold. Yeah. That's Rich Pactor. It is Rich Pactor. What do you mean you're listening on hold? What the hell does that mean? I got jury duty. Somebody stole your radio? Jury duty. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Only for him would I do that. He's got jury duty. He's listening on hold. Good old Rich Pactor. Oh, I should have. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You still there? Yep. Well, now, what about that Paul Harvey Jr.? Is he an asshole or what? I'm so glad you finally came around. But what a moron. The worst. Somebody must have passed the word to him that I was mentioning him on here, and he calls in, oh, well, I listen to Tony Bruno every day. I, I've had forgotten what a sports nerd he is, and he don't even know anything about sports. I told you years ago. He's an asshole. Okay, hang on. There's our good buddy Rich Pactor. <laughs> see, I was... Uh, what? <gasps> no, no, I like Rich. No, he's a good guy, Rich Pactor. He See, when he faxes us, he's not a chronic faxer. They're just, you know, he don't even want his name on here. He just passes along stuff that's useful. He's a good guy. Yep. But you know me, I try to, like, uh, pacify everybody. I try to be the peacemaker, you know. Blessed are the peacemakers. How does that go? The cheesemakers. Blessed are the cheesemakers. Because they can really <laughs> cut it. 
But at any rate, and uh, he was right, I was wrong. Uh, Paul Harvey Jr. is a major asshole. I should have known that. He was like a big Stan Major fan. That's where he came from, by the way. He wasn't one of my listeners. He was a Stan Major groupie. What does that tell you? Oh, man. Brother. Let me start this now, because this is going to carry over for the night, probably into the middle of the Mad Dog Show. But I don't care, because this is a heavy-duty crap. Talking back to talk radio, it's time to take back our airwaves by Tom Hartman, Common Dreams News Center. Published this past weekend, November 30th, Saturday. All Democrats are fat, lazy, and stupid, the talk show host said in grave, serious tones, as if he were uttering a sacred truth. We were driving to Michigan for the holidays, and I was turning around, listening for the stations I'd worked for for two and three decades ago. I turned the dial. It's a Hannity for Humanity house, a different host said, adding that the Habitat for Humanity home he'd apparently hijacked for his own self-promotion, would only be given to a family that swears it's conservative. No liberals are going to get this house, he said. Turning the dial again, we found a convicted felon ranting about the importance of government having ever more powers to monitor, investigate, and prosecute American citizens without having to worry about constitutional human rights protections. Apparently combining of nationwide German police agencies following the terrorist attack of February 1933 when the Parliament building was set afire into one giant anti-terrorism agency was a lesson of history this guy had completely forgotten. Neither, apparently, do most Americans recall that the single most powerful device used to bring about the SS and its political master was radio. Is history repeating itself? Setting aside the shrill and its nonsensical efforts of Coulter, Lucien Goldberg, and others who suggest the media in America is liberal, the situation with regard to talk radio is especially perplexing to most people. It doesn't even carry a pretense of political balance. While the ever-subtle Al Gore recently came right out and said that much of the media are part and parcel of the Republican Party, those who listen to talk radio know the medium has swung so far to the right that even Dwight Eisenhower or Barry Goldwater would be repelled. Centrist and progressives across the nation are asking, how could it be that a small fringe of the extreme right has so captured the nation's airwaves? and done it in such an effective fashion that when the attack folks like Tom Daschle, he and his family actually get increased numbers of death threats. How is it that millions of Americans actually believe the pronouncements of ex-felons like John Poindexter's protege, Ali North, and Nixon's former burglar, G. Gordon Liddy? How is it that ideologues like Rush Limbaugh can propagate lies and half-truths to the overt benefit of hard-right Republicans and avoid a return of the dead-since-Reagan-Fairness doctrine and get around the desire of the American public for fairness by claiming what they do is just entertainment? And given the domination of talk radio by this new Reich, there's that word again, why is it that the vast majority of talk radio stations across the nation never run even an occasional centrist or progressive show in the midst of their all-right, all-the-time programming day? Even within the radio industry itself, there's astonishment. Yes, program directors and station managers claim they have to program only right-wing hosts. They point out that when they insert even a few hours of a left-of-center host, into a typical talk radio day, the station's phone li lines light up with angry, flaming reactions from listeners. Even advertisers get calls of protest. Just last month, a radio station manager told me solemnly, only right-wingers listen to radio anymore. The lefties would rather read. Let me uh, do the break. Okay. The list goes on like, but it's important because it's right on target, and I've been screaming about this for a long time. And then they keep going on there. Oh, no, you're wrong. The liberal media, the liberal media, Dan Rather, and, uh, yeah, and who else? Well, uh... Right. Oh, and I forgot the James Carville and Paul Begala. On those uh, phony baloney shows, those contrived shows, you know, where they sit around and scream at each other. And the audience, hey, 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 whatever, you know. Very, very bizarre, pathetic. 298 votes on our poll. 
Do you support affirmative action? 246 say no, 82.5%. The most qualified should always come first, period. 35 people said yes. 17, yes, but only for college admission. That's the way our poll stacks up at the moment. <clears throat> did I say 10.57 at QAM? Not enough. I just did. There's never been a better or smarter time to buy you a new home or refinance your existing one. How about this? How about a rate of 3.95%? That's correct. Financial Group can offer you an unprecedented 3.95%, but you got to call them to find out how this works. Call Financial Group at their toll-free number, 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. The money you're going to save is... Incredible. Think about it. You can get a $100,000 loan for only 450 bucks a month, get you a $200,000 loan for only 950 bucks a month. The process is simple, and you're going to save yourself a crap load of cash this year and every year. So call our good friends at Financial Group. Get all the details. Call 1-800-940-LEND. There's never been a better or smarter time to get you a low interest rate, so call Financial Group, and you'll be on your way to big, fat savings. Financial Group is an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply, and rates are subject to change, so call them right now, 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Okay, 11 o'clock at 560 QM. We're back to periodicals on audio for one day anyway, okay? And if Tom Zicker don't like it, that's my message to you, okay, Tom? Go back and read the funny papers. Backing up one paragraph, it says, Program directors and station managers claim they have to program only right-wing hosts. They point out that when they insert even a few hours of left-of-centered host into a typical talk radio day, the station's phone lines let up with angry, flaming reactions from listeners. Even advertisers get calls of protest. Just last month, a radio station manager told me solemnly, only right-wingers listen to radio anymore. The lefties would rather rather read. How could this be? After all, a Democrat won the majority of the popular vote in the last presidential election, with more votes than any other Democratic candidate in the entire history of the nation. How could it be that there are no Democratic or progressive voices in major national radio syndication and only a small handful in partial syndication around local shows? The issue is important for two reasons. First, in a nation that considers itself a Democratic republic, the institutions of democracy are imperiled by a lack of balanced national debate on issues of critical importance. Demagoguery from either end of the political spectrum is not healthy for democracy when there are no opposing voices. Second, for those progressives looking for a good investment, what's happened recently in the radio industry represents a business opportunity of significant proportions. The station manager I talked with is wrong because of something in science known as sample bias. Here's why the talk radio scene is so dominated by the right and how it can change. First, a very brief history. When radio first became a national force in the 1920s and 30s, most stations programmed everything. Country western music would be followed by big band, followed by Mozart, followed by drama or comedy. Everything was jumbled together and people needed the newspaper program guides to know when to listen to what. As the market matured and drama and comedy moved to television, radio stations realized there were specific market segments and niches within those segments to which they could program. And they realized that people within those niches had very specific tastes. Country western listeners only wanted to hear country western. Big band put them off, and classical music put them to sleep. Classical music fans, on the other hand, became irritated when country western or early versions of rock and roll came on the air, and rock fans clicked off the moment Frank Sinatra came on. So all of the, as those of us who worked in the business saw, stations began to program into these specific musical niches, and it led to a new renaissance and profit windfall in the radio business. But to make money in the new world of radio that emerged in the 50s, you had to be true to your niche. If when I was a country western DJ, I'd try to drop in a song, say, from the Beatles, my listeners would have gone ballistic, calling in angrily complaining. Similarly, when I was doing morning drive time rock, it would have been suicide to drop in four minutes of Mozart. Smart programmers know to hold always true to their niche and their listeners. 
At first, radio talk shows were seen as a way of fulfilling FCC community service requirements. In the late 1960s and early 70s, when I was a reporter and news anchor at WITL AMFM in Lansing, Michigan, we had an afternoon talk show that ran from 2 to 3 p.m., usually hosted by the station's general manager, the late Chuck Drake, and sometimes fill and hosted by us in the news staff. The show was overtly run to satisfy the FCC's mandate that stations serve the public interest. Thus, our talk show focused mostly on public interest issues, from local and national politics <coughs> to the lost dog reports, and we tried hard to present all viewpoints fairly, as was then required by the Fairness Doctrine. In that, we were following a long radio tradition. Modern talk radio was a major force in America, started in 1926, when Catholic priest Father Charles E. Coughlin took the airwaves. By the mid-1930s, as many as a full third of the entire nation, an estimated 45 million people listened to his weekly broadcasts. His downfall and uh, the end of the 15-year era of talk radio he'd both created and dominated came in the early 1940s when the nation was at war and Hitler was shipping millions of Jews to the death camps. For reasons still unknown, Alzheimer's is suspected, Coughlin launched into hard-right anti-Semitic tirades in his broadcast, blaming an international Jewish conspiracy for communism, the Great Depression, World War II, and most of the world's other ills. His sudden shift to the radical right disgusted his listeners and led his superiors in the Catholic Church to demand that he retire from radio and return to his parish duties where he died in relative obscurity. Many say the Fairness Doctrine came in about partly because of Coughlin. A generation later, a new father Coughlin emerged in the form of Rush Limbaugh, an articulate and competent talk show host out of Sacramento who came to the attention of a group of conservative investors looking to one-seat the fabulously popular liberal talker Alan Berg and to bring balance to America's airwaves. In June of 1984, the year Rush began issues talk on Sacramento's KFBK, Berg was machine-gunned to death by right-wingers. Within four years, Rush rose to national status by offering his program free of charge to stations across the nation. Station managers, not being business dummies, laid off local talent and picked up Rush's show free, leading to a national phenomenon. The Limbaugh show was one of America's greatest radio success stories, spreading from state to state faster than any modern talk show had done before. Coughlin began on a national network. Rush still doesn't have anything close to his listenership. And station managers discovered there was a small, about four to five million nationally, but a loyal group of radio listeners who embraced Rush's brand of vitriol, fear and smear, and overt hard right spin, believing every word he said, even though he claimed it was just entertainment, to avoid a reemergence of the fairness doctrine. The sudden success of Rush led local radio station programmers to look for more of the same. There was a sudden demand for Rush, Rush clone talkers who could meet the needs of the nation's Rush-bonded listeners, and the all-right-wing talk-all-day radio format emerged, dominated by Limbaugh and Limbaugh clones in both style and political viewpoint. Thus, the extreme fringe of the right wing dominates talk radio, not because all radio listeners are right-wingers, but instead because it was the first with a consistent and predictable programming slant, the first large niche in a new and emergent talk segment in the radio industry. Listeners always know what they'll get with Rush or one of his clones, and programming to a loyal and identifiable audience is both the dream and the necessity of every radio station's management. And station managers know that if they stray away from right-wingers for their talk program, they'll get angry listeners and lose advertisers. Which brings us to the opportunity this represents for progressives, radio stations, and those interested in bringing balance to the nation's airwaves. Going back to the music programming industry, think of Rush clone talk as if it were country-western music. It's unique, instantly recognizable, and has a loyal and definable audience, just like any of these specific music niches. This explains why it's nearly impossible to successfully program progressive talk in the halfway fashion that it's always been tried and often failed up to today. 
The rules are the same as in music programming. Any competent radio station program director knows they'll get angry listeners if they drop an hour of rock and roll into a country-western programming day. It's equally easy to predict that if you were to drop an hour or three of a progressive talker like Mike Malloy or Peter Werby into a day dominated by Russian and his clones, the listeners would be outraged. After all, those particular listeners thought they were tuned into an all-rush clones all-day-long station. But that response doesn't mean, as conservatives in the radio industry suggest, that there is no market for progressive talk radio. What it does mean is that there's not yet an awakening in the broadcast industry to the reality that they're missing a huge unserved market. But like with right-wing talk, for progressive talk radio to succeed, it will have to be programmed consistently throughout the day and with talent as outrageous and interesting as Russian as most successful clones. The key to programming progressive talk is to realize that talk radio isn't a monolithic niche. It's matured into a category like music did in the 50s. And within that category, there are multiple niches, including the very large niches of conservative talk, relationship advice talk, and progressive talk, and smaller niches of travel talk, investment talk, medical talk, etc. Most station programmers who've tried a liberal talker for an hour or two only to get angry responses from ditto heads think this means only extreme right-wing talkers and ideally convicted felons for those who declare war on liberals will make money for their station. But the irrefutable evidence of national elections and polls show, shows such timidity is a mistake. All they need to do is what anybody with music program experience would recommend, identify their niche and stick with it. By programming all progressive talk all day long, stations can open up a new niche and ride it to success. And with right-wing ideologues in charge of our government, the time has never been better. As Rush showed during the Clinton years, the peak of his success, Issues Talk thrives best in an underdog environment. It's the American psyche to give a fair listen to people challenging the party in power. Those stations that take the plunge into all progressive talk all day long format will serve democracy by offering a loyal opposition which Americans always appreciate and earn healthy revenues in an industry where it's increasingly difficult to find a profitable niche. And whichever network is first to take time to educate station owners to this simple reality and provide a solid 24-hour day of progressive programming will do the American people a service while also building a strong, viable, and financially healthy business. If you're in the business, consider seriously this advice from an old radio station programmer. And if you listen to radio, call your local stations and let them know that you want to hear progressive voices and will even patronize the advertisers of such shows when they run them. It's time to take back America's airwaves and return balance to our national dialogues. This is written by Tom Hartman, the author of Unequal Protection, the Rise of Corporate Dominance, and the Theft of Human Rights. All right. Pretty good, huh? Loved it. Sounds good to me, Norma. Sounds real good to me. That's the same Norma Kent that can't even get you your new contract uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. Even Stevie Wonder got it signed, sealed, and delivered, and he couldn't see two feet in front of his nose. Pretty sad, Norma. Pretty weak. Here's a call from Lake Worth. You think they're there? Hello. Lake Worth. How do you like it so far? Great. Let's try Miami. Hello. Miami. All right. <laughs> two for two. Yeah. Two for two. Excellent. You wanted calls, baby. There you go. There's two of them. And that's the only two we had. Five, probably a couple of ditto heads. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Man, just like that guy said toward the end of the show yesterday, how can you be in touch with with the beat and the feel and the everything of this town when you're doing the show out of town, man? I can feel, I can smell it. Boy, I can hear it like I know those last two. See, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, it's a very uh, you know compelling argument he makes, but I'm not buying it. 
because the let me say it again the people who are progressive or liberal whatever word you want to use today whatever word is permissible to be used uh they're they're just not i mean you got old jews you got schwarzes you got uh, some hispanics but certainly not in south florida uh you got some fags that's it that's all there is and some feminists like martha burke but as far as the mainstream i mean you're talking you know take a look again at that map Take a look at what most of the country is made up of. Dirt. Here's one in Miami. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Okay. It's been a while. Yes, sir. Hey, have you ever seen that Christopher Lowell show? No. You've never seen him? Not in the Christopher Lowell. I've seen him, but I haven't seen his show. Oh, okay. He's very flaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Orlando Bosch is now an artist, right? Great. Yeah, yeah. He's an artsy guy. And as far as uh, Rush, uh hope he does. Okay, great call. See what I'm saying? There's three for three. Yep, never changed, never going to change. Great article, Tom Hartman, but obviously the place to start ain't in South Florida. I'll guarantee you that. Oh, forget about it. In addition, just like our good friend Lynn Samuels, anytime anybody of any importance puts a liberal on a year, the right-wingers drum them off the air like they did to her at WABC. That's what they do. They call and they bitch and they moan and they scream and they complain and they uh, do their usual... Because that's what they want. They want one voice on all day. They want to control the whole media. These are the same people who were screaming about the liberal media and that was supposed to be bad, but it's okay if we have an all-right-wing controlled media and all that propaganda nonstop all day, all along, like the article said. And for us on this show, forget about it. But I'm, you know, I'm happy to read some of this stuff because there might be two or three people out there who, you know, it might absorb some of it. And the rest of them are going, when we talk about the dolphin game again, when are we going to talk about the hurricanes, man? Are we? Well, I guess you're only half blessed this week, you know, after the game on Sunday in Buffalo. I guess we're only, oh, no, we're only half blessed. Half blessed and half cursed, which leaves us between a rock and a very sad place. Twelve minutes after 11 at 560 WQM, when you shop for quality footwear, let me tell you something right now. Brandy's is the only name that should pop into your mind immediately, if not sooner. Because at Brandy Shoes, you'll find an unbeatable combination. People who wait on you, who really give you personal service, who know feet inside and out. And you'll find the top names in the shoe business at unbeatable prices. Rockports, SAS, Sperry's, Timberland, Naturalizer, and lots more. Which is why Brandy's has been going strong for so many years, and people keep coming back over and over again. And usually by several pair each time they come in, because they know they can't get a better deal anywhere. Brandy's is open daily, 9 to 9, every Sunday, 10 to 5, and you'll find them in their same great location, 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. And it's a great time to buy Rockports, even better than usual at Brandy's, because this week, Pro Walkers are only 49.90, and all other great men's Rockport styles are 20% off this week at Brandy's in prestigious Pompano Beach. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560, UAQAM. And beat that gator meat. Number one movie and number one soundtrack. Skinny white kid who thinks that his skin is black. Snapping and rapping and talking his smack. He gets more booty than the whole rat pack. Raised in a trailer in the Motor City. Doesn't like Moby Boy bands or P. Diddy. And it's no secret, it's easy to see. Eminem hates his wife and his mommy. Yes. He's feuding with Christina Aguilera Speaking in riddles just like Yogi Berra He's hot from New York to Minnesota Welcome to the Marshall Matters era Tattoo wearing, lots of swearing Hollywood bad boy When will he sell out how long? 
1117, that's another one of those that just drops right off. 335 votes on the poll. Do you support affirmative action? No. Those most qualified should always come first. 279, 83.2%. Yes, 38, 11.3%. And only for college admission, 18, a little over 5%. Look at that phone, baby. Are we getting a response there or what? And then he puts on there India, like we had a call from India. Yeah. Is, is, are you sharing your drugs with him, too, with Carlos? It was supposed to say Indianapolis, and uh, it was probably going to be a crank. So I see. And what about the other 28 calls we had all lined up on there? They just all died at the same time? Oh, you know, they're too busy to wait for commercials. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T. I mean, I still got a whole ton of stuff here, but I feel, again, after doing that last thing, you feel that sense of euphoria, like you've just said something meaningful, you know? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they just they just uh, pull the uh, air right out of your balloon. It's a tremendous a waste of time, man. Waste of time in South Florida. Just like that fax I got from that lady over there on the West Coast. The intellectual level of her fruit fly. That's South Florida for you. Here's Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Okay. You know, that uh, that's a really interesting article. I wonder if you could post that to your website. <laughs> post it to our website? We're lucky yeah. if I can get my name on my website. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I, I listen to you, Randy, and whenever I have some time. Randy? Like, oh, my God. Oh, stop. You know you like her. No, I but, don't. No, I do not like her. I I agree. She gets a little too far to the left, but that that's no, no, that's, that's not a. I don't I don't have any idea where she is politically because I don't listen to her. She's I don't even want to talk about her. Okay, she's uh, strictly a small time radio. Anyway, small uh, potatoes. When uh, when the commercials come on, I'll flip over to Rush to hear what they have to say. Why? You know, you, well, Why? You, yeah. You want to give everybody a fair shot. And when I listen to him... Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why do you say you want to give everybody a fair shot? You, after all these years, you don't know what he's going to be saying or where he's coming from? Well, I know exactly what he's going to say. And So then what, to, what's the point? Well, well, the point is that when I talk to my friends that are on the right-hand side, I want to hear what they're saying because I know where they're getting it from. Yeah. And then when I get my information that I know is accurate because I have facts to back it up, you know, I want to see where they're getting their information because... He doesn't back any of his information up, which is a oh, funny he just, thing. he just makes most of it up. He, he literally does. And he can get away with it because they'll believe every damn thing he says. Like, it's gospel. That's his old uh, shtick. And the, and the point that I was getting to about Randy is Randy says, look, don't believe me. Go look it up for yourself, which is what I like. But why why, why are you worrying about Randy? Randy I, is like for people that used to listen to the light bulb for talk show groupies. Those days are gone. That stuff that, is history, man. That's ancient history. I understand. The point I'm saying is that... At least you're there. You're, you're looking for yourself as opposed to listening and following somebody, which is, yeah. you know, what you say, don't follow anybody. You know, go find the information for yourself. And this guy just preaches stuff. And the funny thing is, is that even people that are not for abortion or, or are against, or for, they believe anything he says, whether they, they're on his side or not. And, uh, and it's fascinating how well, well that, that's, that's why I, every, every one of these articles I read, which I'm sure is a gigantic waste of time, but every one of these pieces that I read, I tell you where it's from. I give you the website. Go look it up for yourself. Read the entire thing or uh, find a background out of it, as opposed to just sitting here rambling and making a bunch of stuff off, off, off the top of my head. Right, exactly. About how the Clintons killed this one and Hillary did this. I mean, the guy just makes up crap, and idiots believe it. And the funny thing is, is he gets away with doing that. Whereas if anybody from the left even slaps anybody like you did with Condoleezza, they right. come down on you like white on rice. It's the most Exactly, that's thing. right. 
And again, the reason being because the people on the right, and I give them credit for it, they're organized. They, you know, they got all their websites, and they all, they're, they're dedicated, they're devoted, they're, they're obsessive about it, as opposed to all the rest of the public, and you see it in the elections, just like in November. Everybody else is kind of sitting back, well, what's the use? Who gives a crap? They're all in la-la land. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're picking their nose all day. I haven't got any idea. How could Jeb Bush get reelected governor in Florida? How is that possible? He's How well, is it he possible? Was, he was well financed. Now, that, he, he may have been well-financed, but uh, when 61% of the people stayed home and didn't bother to vote, that's got nothing to do with finance. Yeah, well, that just goes along with the fact and, that... And, and, that and, the very, and the very same people who were bitching about how they were excluded from voting two years before, did they go out and vote? No. They didn't go out and vote. No. So what the hell are they talking about? They won't either, because they feel that their votes aren't worth it, which works right into his hand. It well, good luck to you, hand. sir. Good luck to you. Thanks. Bye. You'll need it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T. Why am I getting? Why did I read all of this stuff today? You know, didn't I learn my lesson yet? I thought it was some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I thought it was interesting. What I want to know is why you decided to take calls all of a sudden when you said you had a stack of stuff. Just, just to break it up a little bit. I don't. Oh. I don't want to sit here and go back to doing what failed before. It was obviously a, a, a not successful. It was. Uh, no, it, it was not. It was not. You, you can see the barometer right on our website. You can see the fact that we had lost a sizable part of the audience there during the period when I was just doing that all day, every day, and shut off the phone. And then we took the polls on it, 30, 40, I think it was 40%. They wanted the calls back. Don't you understand? We have a significant number of people out there who listen to this radio show because in their mind it's like watching a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Oh, we want to hear the way Neil interacts with the callers. We want to hear the idiots on there. We want to hear him bitch them out. Again, it, it's just entertainment, see? So when you try to get too cerebral, when you try to pass something along, all you're going to do is get frustrated. Because, you know, I read some profound article there, like the last one, and you're sitting there, hey, like, which is great, but uh, well, we're just farting in the windstorm, man. We're just talking to ourselves. You've been on the air long enough to know that by now. You go on here and talk about eating ass, you'll get every goddamn line on the board lit up, okay? That's what they can relate to is eating ass. Show enough. That, right, there you go. Something they can understand, eating ass. Keep it simple, baby, because that's the majority of the public out there. Simple. Did I, did I save that story? One moment, please. I'm sure I must have saved that story from last week because you were on vacation. Let's see. Yeah. Here it is. I did save it. Nice going, Neil. Thank you. See, I only save stuff that's like really uh, heavy duty. Because if I saved everything, I'd might, the whole room would be filled to the ceiling. But anyway, young Americans get D in geography. Yeah. No, I, you read that when I was here. Oh, you were there when I read sure. this? Sure. No, you read it again, I think. Oh, that's right. I repeated it. Right. 13% of Americans between 18 and 24, the prime age for military warriors, could find Iraq on the map. 13%. That means 87% couldn't find it. Only 51% could find New York State on the map. Americans could find an average of only 7 of 16 countries in the quiz on the map. Only 8... This is... And the fact that the public sits back like... Like, big deal. What's the big deal? Only... 89% of Americans surveyed, these are 18 to 24. These aren't people over the age of 100 who are senile and have Alzheimer's. 18 to 24-year-olds in the prime of their lives. Just, by the way, coming out of uh, the so-called education system. 89% could find their own country on the map. And I'm sitting here, I'm going to change South Florida. I'm going to change the world. 
by sitting here uh, pontificating and reading all of these uh, poignant things. Like I said, it's like farting into a windstorm. What's the point? <coughs> exactly. Here's Miami Beach. Hello. Miami Beach. Long mm -hmm. gone. Okay. Let's try Hollywood. Hello. Hollywood. I'm crazy. Yeah, good. Good for you. We'll get you some help. Get a package deal. Here's Boca. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Some stories are good and they're interesting, and I'm, you know, listening in my earphones as I'm out here working. And but then some of them are so ponderous, like the one you just did, you know, about. The, I mean, I, I know it's, you know, interesting. No, that, that story. Media. That story wasn't ponderous. That story was outstanding. That's one of the best yeah, stories I come across. You know in, what? In, though the American society and myself included, we're leaning toward the right now. You know, and so we don't want to hear the left wing stuff. A lot of the heavy. So then go stuff. find another show. Okay, Rush will be on in a half an hour. See, there's another guy. We don't you want to hear your before. viewpoint. Yeah. Last week or other Same week crap. Same bull crap. We're all leaning to the right. We don't want to hear the other viewpoint. Well, screw off. I don't need you. I'm doing just fine. Paychecks are clearing every two weeks. Up yours. See, this is the same. Remember the same thing we were getting? It was when I was down there about five weeks ago. Same crap. We had like three or three or four in a row. Oh, well, you know, uh, you're, you're, go back to the funny stuff. Go back. No, nobody wants to hear that stuff because uh, people are not, you know, they don't agree with you politically and blah, blah, blah. Right. Same, it's just a different technique, that's all. It's just less venomous than the usual technique of trying to attack, you know. Bullcrap, I'm going to continue. The, the other side deserves to be heard, okay? We're not just going to roll over and play dead so you can goose-step your way through the whole goddamn country. You're already doing a pretty good job, but still not satisfied, obviously. When they have every goddamn judge, every, every judge is a right-winger, when everybody in the goddamn country who holds political office agrees with them, then maybe they'll be satisfied so we can all go take a nice shower. 1127 at 560W. And I, like I said, those are the ones that call. There he is. And the rest yep. of them are going, blah, 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 like that. That's our audience. If you're looking in the mirror wondering not only where all the liberals went, but where your hair went, right down the drain, right with the liberals, down the toilet. Charles Alfieri can help you out, get your hair back. Charlie's been helping the famous, the infamous, and not-so-famous look their best for over 25 years. You probably have never even noticed his work because it looks so natural, you wouldn't think it's not the real thing. And that's the key. It's 100% undetectable. The natural hairline system <clears throat> looks like the hair is growing right out of your scalp. So if you want to wear a mousy-looking piece, if you want to have like a different one for each day of the week, like a different shade, that's, uh, you know, up to you. But if you want to look great, younger and better than you have in a coon's age, pick up that phone and call Charles Alfieri and make an appointment for a free consultation. Charlie will show you just how much better and younger he can make you look. And be sure to mention Neil Rogers because he'll get you a special $200 discount off the regular price just for mentioning my name. And you got nothing to lose but that big, ugly, shiny, bald spot because everybody gets Charlie's 30-day guarantee. If you don't love the way it looks and feels and smells up to 30 days and you're not getting laid at least three, four, five times a day, Charlie will give you a full refund, no questions asked. So make that call today, 1-800-321-2413, and get you back a full, great-looking head of hair. 1-800-321-2413, or log on to their website, charlesalfieri.com. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. So why? I am not a Nazi. With your funky yellow teeth so far apart Condoleezza, Condoleezza, what you be doing? Get the old fascist black that token Schwarzer's dog 
smart Does they like How you shine their shoes underneath the All the way you wash and talk the whitest cars Georgie Jr. say he trust you Condoleezza You sell our allies of the greedy oil The toilet and then scrub the floor. They tell you don't wear sandals, Condolito. Your cold chip toenails make them warmer, rich and pure. Your nappy leg hair looks just like it be velcro. The GOP want you to be that token spoon. One day while you be flipping pancakes, you may realize that they treat you just like your esterone. That's when your head will move from side to side, Condoleezza. Here till Bush and Rummy, they be cracker assholes. All right. 134, 5, Yeah, that last guy, you're right. He was one of the ones that called it, uh, that it was on a Friday. I never yeah, forget he, it. He was the one. No, there were a couple of them, like back-to-back. Frickin' frack, back-to-back. Play fart sounds. There you go. And then we'll uh, do our anti-right-wing propaganda. How do you like that? In between the fart sounds. <laughs> yeah, they can't handle it, the fact that they're going to be... And, and you know what? That bears out. It was perfect timing because it bears out what I just got through reading. That he said was so ponderous. Not because it was long, it was ponderous because he don't agree with it. If it would have been some good right-wing propaganda, the same kind of stuff he hears from Ditto Man, it would have been great. It would have been sensational. He'd have been nominating me for a Pulitzer Prize. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Mad Dog had won from Shula's Hank from 3 to 7 with Patrick Sertan from 5 to 6. And he certainly played a pretty crappy game on Sunday. Here's West Palm Beach. Hello. Is this, is this Neil? Yes. Hello. Yes. Yeah, I was listening to your... Sir, you're too old. We don't talk to old cockers on this show, okay? Call up Randy. We don't talk to old cockers ever on this show. 5670560. Oh, don't ever put those people on there, Carl. You know, Carlos talks a good game about everybody else, about Eric didn't do this and this one didn't do that. But in the meantime, his uh, performance lately between a guy from India and then this guy... On a scale of zero is like a retreating. In fact, that next paycheck you think is coming, sweetheart, I wouldn't kind of spend the money too fast, okay? You better tell your drug dealer it's going to have to be on deferred payments from now on. Man. You see what I'm saying with him? I know. What do you have? He had Dennis on 42 times yesterday, something like that? I mean, get with it, man. Get some of the cowboys. You think he's going out there to smoke a faggot during those breaks in the morning. He's doing more than that. Yeah. He's taking it right up the old nostril, and it's not, you don't take camels up the nostril, I don't think. How'd that go? It's easy to get the camel through the eye of your nose. Say, yeah, something like that. Here's Fort La- Lauderdale. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Good to hear your voice there, and I don't know what it was you were, what story you were talking about earlier. I called about something else. I don't know if anyone brought up the uh, show Boston Public last night. No. I don't know if you watched that show or not. It's got some great issues. It would be great if all high school kids had to watch that show. It talks 
thought of several things like breast implants for young girls, um, things, issues that are, are important. And the one they had last night was uh, a kid who wasn't doing too well in school, being a daredevil. They called him Joe Cool. He'd like climb down buildings and stuff for attention. And the teacher got a sense that something wasn't right. And he went to go visit the kid at his home to see, hey, you know, not that this happens in real life, or maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but the, the issue was important. He went there. The mother said, oh, he's at St. Vincent. He's an altar boy there. Uh You can see where I'm going. He went there, saw the father. The father was kind of acting weird. He, uh, he, the the kid came to him. He, uh, got hurt. He went to the, went to the scene of the accident. Kids in the the hospital, or in the ambulance rather, and he's going, you know, you know what's wrong. You know what's wrong because he confronted the kid. And sure enough, he actually had that same freeze as a kid, like 16 years before, we did the same thing. So it was kind of like a clean all that emotion and bring up that subject from him and the kid. And he went mm-hmm. back and he said, you did it to me. Don't you dare go near him again. And the next episode, I'm sure, is going to go into it further. But, I mean, there's no fags in the church. That there's is no fags in, in the church. Right. I was waiting for that. That is so. And, and the guy is so sincere when he says it. He honestly believes that. I mean, what planet is he on? I don't know. But that Boston Public show, every single night or every single whenever it's on, I watch that. You learn a little something. I mean, it's had all kinds of good, good stuff. They've brought up the, the nigger word. They brought that all out for discussion. Um, just a great show last night regarding the free Yeah. Okay, I'll catch you next week. <laughs> I doubt it. Thanks, Thanks a lot. I, what do you mean by that? Why, why do you say I doubt it? I don't know. I, I've heard the name of the show, but I, what time is it on? Do you know? Uh, no. See, there you go. I've just never had any idea what it was all about, about, or where the hell you find it, or, uh, you know, what it, what it is at. High school. Why is he sorry. so skeptical when I says I'll try to catch it next week? See, don't be such a skeptic. Maybe I will, and then on the other hand, who the hell knows? 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Here's a call from Homestead. Hello. Hey, Neil. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Yeah, I met you a few years ago, back when you used to do that Roman radio appearance at the Dolphins game years ago. I used to do what? Yeah, I don't know if it was you. You used to do the uh, live appearances back in uh, with the Roman radio, the big uh, WIOD, whatever the big QAM radio. No, never did that. Oh, okay, anyway, I was just calling. Uh, I lost a bet yesterday. I was talking to a buddy of mine. We made a bet, and he said uh, if he won the bet, I would have to listen to Rush for about half an hour. If I, if I, uh, what is but he would have to listen to you. Why well, one? He listened to you for about two hours. He was dying laughing. And yeah. I said, okay, I listened to Rush for about a half an hour. Neil, how do people believe that crap? Because he they're stupid. Be- because they're dumb. He's still beating about Clinton and Hillary yeah. and all these yeah. other people. And it, I mean, if you, I mean, I, I couldn't listen more than two minutes. I had to switch the channel. It's just nauseating. I don't know how people, you said that he's got a lot of fans. Jesus, that says a lot for America. Millions. Millions and millions and millions. Neil, it is sad. It is real sad. They're hanging on his every big, fat, disgusting, lying word. They hang out every second of that show. The word he said was a lie. I mean, anybody with a common brain would figure it out. Well, don't confuse the American public with the facts, man. It's too confusing for them. Have a great day, and thanks for the vote of confidence. I mean, let's face it, he's got a, you know, that dynamic voice, and he's a big, bombastic uh, bag of wind who, uh, you know, just keeps, uh, and it's, it's the old thing. You keep repeating the lie over and over again, and people pretty soon start believing it. I think it was Hitler that said that. 
I don't know what you're laughing about. No, it was. It was, uh, it was uh, Goebbels or somebody. Well, one of his henchmen, the same same difference. Gurgles? Gurgles. 20 till noon. <laughs> I was just going to play that, too. Gurgles the Clown. 20 till noon at 560. Just don't get excited, Neil. Just relax it back in the chair. You got, like, uh, Eric up there in Orlando who's taking drugs. You got Boca Brian who's crazier than a bed bug. And you got uh, little uh, Carlos there who's uh, taking it up the nose. You know, what, what am I going to do now? That's all we're going to do. Just just take the money, that's all. Take the big or increase you got in your new contract there, George, and just you know, take it right to the bank. <laughs> take it right there on their Ophelock and get some good crap. 19 till noon at QAM. Let me tell you where you can get some really good crap, and that's the Pizza Loft. In fact, Jeff Cohen will be glad to sit you down and tell you all about it. <laughs> he knows his crap, I'll guarantee you that. In fact, he's got stories that we couldn't even begin to tell you on the air here today, or any day. But he'll probably tell you if you get real close with Jeff. Maybe he'll even share with you some of his secrets. And I'll tell you the secret to the success at the Pizza Loft is consistently delicious food, big, humongous portions, and teeny, tiny prices. One thing about the Pizza Loft over the years, you know, they raised prices a couple of pennies here, a couple of pennies there, but consistently very low prices and enough food for like two people in every serving, generally. Every Monday at the Pizza Loft, both locations, is lasagna night. Every Tuesday is uh, eggplant night. By one dinner is, uh, one of these dinners on these nights, get the second for only five bucks. Did I say that right? Sure did. Every Wednesday, kids eat free with adults. They can see Jeff's famous magician. Thursday is bike night at the Pizza Loft. Come on a motorcycle, buy one dinner, and get the second one for half price. All your favorite Italian dishes. They got chicken dishes and veal and seafood. Three different kinds of great pizza. Every kind of pasta dish ever been invented. Calzone, super subs. Did I say three different kinds of pizza? Yes, but I forgot to tell you about the great garlic rolls just dripping with garlic, the best you've ever had in your mouth. For takeout or delivery in the Davie area, and don't forget they're right between Griffin and 595 in the Pizza Loft Plaza, right behind Pier 1 Imports. Tons of free parking there. For takeout or delivery and catering there, call 954-916-8880. I wonder if he's seen Skippy lately, you know? I saw it. Who, Skippy? Yeah. Is he still alive? He's running around. Damn it. 954-916-8880. And don't forget the great new, the second Broward location for Pizza Loft, right there on the corner of Knob Hill and Sunrise in that little strip shopping center on the corner behind that drugstore. For takeout or delivery there, call 382-1999. 382-1999. Same great food, same low prices. You'll love it all at the world-famous Pizza Loft. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. Shannon, I Faulkner. If you like American Idol, then you'll love the TV talent hunt for those willing to sell their soul to be a star. It's Satan's Idol. So, you want to be a pop star? Then bow down and worship me. <laughs> Satan's Idol. If you thought Simon Cowell was evil, he's nothing compared to the Prince of Darkness. That was horrible. Why are you wasting Beelzebub's time? You will never, ever be a star unless you pledge your eternal soul to me. <laughs> Find out who's willing to make a deal with the devil for stardom, fame, and fortune. Don't miss Satan's Idol. You'll be damned if you do. And damned if you don't. <laughs> 1147 at 560 WQAM. See, that one's even got like a little reverb there at the end of it. I like that. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the but, chop. Uh, uh, exactly. Anyway, you know that fax, that nearly that semi-frantic uh, fax from Troy Stratford about the Pompano Park uh, copying and the yes. spot? There's no Pompano Park spot today. No, no, no. He mentioned that. He said this is for tomorrow. 
<laughs> oh, my God, what a maniac. You know, I must be getting to him. Ahead. Must be getting to him. Anyway, uh, Arthur faxes me a note here and says, uh, Boston Public, Monday, 8 to 9 p.m. on Fox, brilliantly and uh, with much exaggeration written by David Kelly of The Practice. Well, thank you, Arthur. At least now I know when the hell it's on and where. On Fox, which I can see on a Fox Buffalo station. How do you like that? There you go. I've seen it a couple times. It's not bad at all. Boston Pubic. 380 votes on the poll. Do you support affirmative action, yay or nay? No, those must qualify. should always come first. 315, 82.8%. Yes, 44, 11.5%. Only for college admissions, 21, 5.5%. Overwhelming. The answer is no. no. Can't cut the mustard? Go, uh, you know, cook some, cook, cook, cook some burgers at Burger King with their big half price deal. You see that? They're selling them at half price? Yeah. Not low enough. That means you can die twice as fast. Here's a call from Dania Beach. Hello. Neil, how you doing? Okay. Neil, you've always been the champion for all that right and just down here in South Florida. In fact, nice. almost yeah. nationally, yeah. but you've always done an excellent job. Now, you need to get onto a new crusade, Neil. Larry yeah. Coker for head co for coach of the year. Yeah, okay, great. Now, I, he's, he's a chronic sports asshole, that guy. That's not a fake voice. That's him. Mm. Because the sports shows. Mm. Yeah, let's get into the sports stuff with this break. Go back where you came from, okay? We're going to turn you into the queen, you jackass. How do you do that? Magic wand? Now, his problem was too much spotted dick. That was his problem. And too much toad in the old Rectum. hole. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T. See, one thing about the sports nerds, man, nothing will deter them from their appointed rounds. Because that's the important crap. Make no mistake about it. Here's North Dade. Hello. Yo, Neil. Yes, sir. Oh, okay, listen, I'm a little bit nervous, okay, so so work with me. Um, all right, I would have called yesterday, but uh, but I was nursing my vicious hangover from the Dolphin game. And, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And so, anyway, so I wanted to call today because on Sunday morning, uh, I guess around 7 a.m., I was, you know, in my car. I was going to grab the morning paper, and uh, I hear Zimfer on the radio and Joe Z on the radio and somebody else, I don't know who it was, and they were talking about how if, is Manich gonna, you know, do the Buffalo game with the, you know, with the windows open? And the person says to them for, uh, I don't think so. I don't think the one, I don't think he's the one in charge or has any say about that. And, and Zimfer goes, don't even get me started on that. So, fire report. So I'll let you know what's going on. Thanks. <laughs> was that profound or what? Huh? What? Well, no, you figured with all of that build up there, there was going to be something like really profound and uh, something. <laughs> yeah. Even Zimfer's laugh is more profound than whatever this punk just said. That was that was great. Little spy report. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Now, why do you think I'm going to believe that calls from Sarasota? Here's Sarasota. Hello. Neil calling from the old Green Line. The Green Line? The Green Line. We used to be on, uh, I think it was SUN back in the day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just want to let you know we're uh, still enjoying you over here in Sarasota via the Internet when we can. and keep You really up the... you really are in Sarasota, huh? In Sarasota. I feel so sorry for you. Well, believe me, it's pretty bad. But we're still enjoying you, and we catch you when we can on the Internet and keep up the good work. Do they still have that Columbia restaurant over there? Right on uh, St. Armand Circle. St. Armand Circle, right. Absolutely. I'll be damned. Get a nice drink a lot of salad whenever we Drank a lot of sangria in that place 30 years ago. Absolutely. Hey, keep up the good work. 
Okay, say hi to Snooky Lansing for us over there at WSPB. Oh, that station's not on the air anymore, and he's probably dead. That's terrible, isn't it? But he's probably dead by now. Who? He used to be my boss at WSPB in Sarasota, 1973. Cliff Lansing. Snooky? We used to call well, no, his name was Cliff Lansing. I see. But we used to call him behind his back Snooky Lansing, who used to be on uh, your hit parade. Kind of a Yahoo singer guy. I Don't see. Don't you remember your hit parade? It was only like 30 years before you were born. <laughs> With Giselle McKenzie and Russell Arms and Snooky Lanson and uh, Dorothy Collins. What a memory, huh? Yeah, they used to advertise Lucky Strikes, I think, on that show. When cigarette advertising was uh, okay on TV, was kosher. Carlos would have liked that. They could have watched them all puffing away on them faggots right there. Would have inspired him to go out there and light them up twice as fast. Smoke one out of each side of his puss, kind of like Jacques Chrétien does here. Five, six, seven. I'm getting a scratchy throat. Uh, it uh -oh. is beautiful out there, though, I'll tell you. No, I, I think I'm going to be okay. Let's see. Oh, look at that. Already it's up to minus 11. Now, let's see what that is on a conversion chart here. Thanks again, Sean. And we're going to be all the way up to minus 7 today, which is 19 above of a Fahrenheit. That's not too bad, isn't it? Not bad. Minus 11 is 12. It's already 12 degrees plus 12 Fahrenheit. So what's wrong with that? Don't be a pussy. Go out there and mingle with the uh, crowds. Go out there and shop until you drop. Go down to the Eaton Center and eat until you can't eat no more. Is that maybe the Eaton Center? Yeah, the Eating Center, right. Uh-huh. Here's a call from Miami Beach. Hello. Miami Beach. Going once. Adios. Doing a good job, Carlos. Make no mistake about it. We want a refund. Here's West Palm Beach. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, two things. David Kelly, Boston Public, Picket Fences, uh, all these shows he usually talks about social and political issues. All of these things. And the other thing, and he's a hockey guy from Boston. Wow. Like that. And the Figures. Mandarin Chinese Buffet. It's up in Toronto. Have you checked that out yet? It's Mandarin awesome. Chinese Buffet, where is it? Uh, it's a little north of the city. I was just up there a couple of weeks ago at the Eaton Center, and a buddy of mine took me there. It was about 10 minutes from downtown. It's called Mandarin Chinese Buffet. Excellent Chinese. they got all kinds of good stuff there. Check it out. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Mike. See, I don't understand what he just said. He said he was at the Eaton Center at 10 minutes north of the city. I don't, do, you, do you follow what he was saying? No. Well, you wouldn't because you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, I'll check it out. I'll get to the phone book and find out where that is. I just can't find good Chinese, even though they got like three Chinatowns here because we have so many Chinese people and people from all over the world. And you know something? They all speak English, and pretty much everybody gets along. It's just amazing, just astonishing. I realize it certainly isn't in the vocabulary in South Florida. It's kind of hard to hate everybody when they're all smiling at you, like being polite and, uh, you know, speaking the same language. It's kind of hard to find a reason to hate anybody. Everybody is so damn polite. I used to think that maybe they were a little bit too polite. I've changed my mind on that. Five, six, seven, oh, I've got some more stuff for the new hour, but I figured we'd take some of these great calls, George, you know, oh, since okay. you want to you wanna orchestrate the show. But, you know, you enjoy the bedtime stories. A lot of the people out there in the audience don't. Well... Especially those right, those right wingers who want to hear a lot of right wing <laughs> propaganda like that guy. That's right. They don't want to hear this stuff, the audience. They don't want that. That story was too ponderous because it was too true because it struck right, right to heart, your heart. Just like a Dracula man, like driving a stake through his right wing heart, through the right ventricle. Whatever the hell that is. Here's Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is Chuck calling from Fort Lauderdale. Yes, Chuck. Uh, yeah, actually I'm new down to this area. Connecticut. Uh, oh, don't don't unpack, Chuck. You don't want to stick around too long. This is one strange place. Yeah. But anyway, comment on a general American voting public. You cannot underestimate the voting public in this country. I mean, these are the same people who voted for Reagan twice. 
Yeah. Once was bad enough, they went ahead and do it again. They love yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they like the re- they like the recession so much that they made sure they had another one under his uh, vice president. Why? Well, yeah, exactly. George did it. W's yeah. doing it again. Right. Carbon copies. They and they whine. They can't understand what happened. Duh. Exactly. Duh, Good luck. I'm so tired of the Russians out there. Nice to hear somebody saying something else for a change. Okay, pal. Don't unpack whatever you do. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Good luck to you. You'll need it. There's a guy from Connecticut. What the hell's he doing in South Florida? Probably got there. Got lost in the highway. You know what? Snowburden it, probably. Oh, brother. So sorry, pal. Believe me, another six weeks, you'll learn to hate it. Like that jackass that set up call at the end of the show. Well, how come you're in Toronto? How come you do the show from Amsterdam? Because South Florida blows, okay? And because they built me these studios, and I like it, okay? Do I have to answer to that guy? Yes, answer to him. Oh, okay. That's my answer. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. The 12 to 1 hour! Don't like all the Harper. Dum, dum, dum. Every time I see. Dum, 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 dum. That retarded dim witch. Dum, dum, dum. Republicans muscled in and an articulate idiot. I don't know why they would want this guy, but now he's here. We're screwed the next four years with President Dumb. You don't care what it took You got him in by hook or crook The Christian right knows what's best for you and I But have no fear We've got a great leader here With President Dump President Dump WQM, it's our big new to one hour Bankruptcy talk stirs Boston Catholics. A newspaper report that the Boston Catholic Archdiocese is considering filing bankruptcy rather than face years of costly legal battles over hundreds of claims that priests sexually abuse children has sparked fewer among parishioners and litigants. I think it's a cowardly act and they ought to face the music and do the right thing, said one parishioner. Sublegal analysts suggested the report might reflect a legal tactic on the part of the Archdiocese designed to pressure plaintiffs into agreeing to lower settlements. Uh huh. The report came on the eve of the expecting filing today of thousands of pages of documents that will describe in graphic detail the sexual offenses that dozens of Boston area priests are accused of, said Eric McLeish, an attorney representing dozens of plaintiffs. We'll have all of that for you tomorrow, by the way. It'll all be there in detail in the newspapers, and especially in the Boston Globe. I guarantee you there will be pages and pages in the Boston Globe. 
McLeish said the documents would provide extensive evidence that church authorities moved accused priests from parish to parish where they prayed, that's with an E-Y-E-D, they prayed on children. McLeish said he would ask to depose Cardinal Bernard Law, Archbishop of Boston, based on these new documents in the coming weeks. Law would not be required to give depositions in such cases if the archdiocese were to declare bankruptcy. See, that's another thing. It's not just a financial thing. All of a sudden, uh, mum's the word. A church spokeswoman played down the possibility but did not deny such a move could occur. The reports that were in the media today are speculative and premature, to say the least, said Donna Marissi. Lawyers for the church have been in mediation with 40 lawyers representing some 450 alleged sexual abuse victims. Bankruptcy would end those efforts and halt consideration of the case for at least several months. If it filed for bankruptcy, the Boston Archdiocese would gain a simpler, more defined process, a cutoff for the filing of claims would be imposed, and the creditors would be assembled into a single class, said CNN legal analyst Kendall Coffey. Boy, he's sure making uh -huh. the rounds, ain't he? He's everywhere. I thought he was hanging out in front of Elion's house. It would also mean that Cardinal Law would not be required to give further pretrial depositions or release sensitive files and documents. On the other hand... It doesn't eliminate the possibility of the ability of people to proceed against individuals, such as Cardinal Law himself, Coffey said. Removing control over the church's destiny from the Vatican and placing it in the hands of a U.S. bankruptcy judge would be an unprecedented move that could have negative consequences for the church, Coffey said. A plaintiff's attorney told CNN there was little possibility the archdiocese would indeed seek bankruptcy protection, since doing so would require it to lay bare its finances. Uh -oh. oh, that's the last thing they want to do. A Boston Globe study estimated the minimal value of properties owned by the Archdiocese at $1.3 billion, more than ten times the predicted cost of the settlements. Uh-huh. So, in other words, where is the credibility? You know what I'm saying? $1.3 billion. They shouldn't want to have to sell all of that stuff off. There's no fact in, in the church. Well, we know that. We're broke, but don't look at our money. New law requires high schools to cooperate with Pentagon on recruiting. A little notice provision in a new federal education law is requiring high schools to hand over military recruiters some key information about its juniors and seniors, name, address, and phone number. The Pentagon says the information will help it recruit young people to defend their country, but the new law disturbs parents and administrators in some liberal communities that aren't exactly gung-ho about the armed forces. Some say the law violates students' privacy and creates a moral dilemma over the military's don't-ask-don't-tell policy on gays. I find it appalling that the school is sending out letters to do the job of the military, said Amy Lang, the parent of a student at Cambridge Ridge and Latin School, where Coke was once banned in protest. That's Coke uh, with a capital C. Coca-Cola was once banned in a protest against the soda's giant investments in apartheid South Africa. It is clearly an invasion of my daughter's privacy, she'd be saying. The No Child Left Behind law signed last January pumps billions into education, but also gives military recruiters access to the names, addresses, and phone numbers of students in 22,000 schools. The law also says that schools must give the military the same access to their campuses that businesses and college recruiters enjoy. School systems that fail to comply could lose federal money. The measure also applies to private schools receiving federal funding, but Quaker schools and others that have a religious objection to military service can get out of the requirement. Students and parents who oppose the law can keep their information from being turned over to the military, but they must sign and return an opt-out form. And, of course, if you sign one of those, there's a little three in the morning knock on your door. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Rice appoints Iran-Contra figure Abrams to head NSC's Mideast section. 
Iran-Contra figure Elliot Abrams, who received a pardon from the first President Bush for his role in the scandal and has served in the White House for over a year, has been promoted to a key post among the current group of President Bush's national security aides. There was a word missing there, but oh. I stuck it right in. Well, it's from the Tampa Bay uh, newspaper. What do you expect? What is that paper? Tampa Tribune. Abrams was appointed to lead the National Security Council's Office for Near East and North African Affairs. The senior director job oversees Arab-Israeli relations and U.S. efforts to promote peace in the troubled region. Right. His appointment, which does not require Senate confirmation, was announced yesterday by Bush's National Security Advisor, Condoleezza Rice. An assistant secretary of state during the Reagan administration, Abrams was a fierce advocate of armed support for Nicaraguan rebels. Despite Congress's ban on military aid to the so-called Contras, he pleaded guilty in 1991 to two misdemeanor counts of withholding information from Congress. In court, Abrams admitted he knew, kept information from two committees in 1986 when he testified about his knowledge of the secret Contra supply network and about his role in soliciting a $10 million contribution for the Contras from the Sultan of Brunei. Abrams received a Christmas Eve pardon from President George Herbert Walker Bush in 1992. So let's bring back all the criminals and wanted criminals like Henry Kissinger right, and Elliot Abrams. Maybe Ollie North is tired of that radio show. Maybe we can stick him in there somewhere, and too. And don't forget G. Gordon. He might want to right. move back Maybe in. Maybe he can eat all the rats that are uh, bugging him at the White House. On a lighter note, well, I mean, this is still disturbing. Too much disturbing stuff for the holidays, man. You're right. Tomorrow we go back to the same old crap, okay? What? <laughs> I'm not doing the show for you. I'm doing it for the vast audience out there, the masses, no, okay? I'm, I'm pitching in. I'm getting ahead of it. Oh, I see. Oh, I didn't understand. I thought that was an editorial comment. It was. The New York Racing Association is investigating whether an aqueduct security guard tried to tip off a racetrack giveaway promotion of thousands of dollars in prize money. The New York Daily News has learned. The promotion was the Mystery Mutual Voucher giveaway held last Friday that had a grand prize of ten grand. An investigation is underway concerning a security officer assigned to the backstretch at Aqueduct, whose responsibility is the mail run starting in the morning and early afternoon, the Racing Association Director of Security John Tierney said. I wonder if he was related to Gene Tierney, you think? Who? About a month ago, Mr. Mutual vouchers were sent to the 43,000 fans on the association's mailing list. Last Friday, fans brought their ticket to the track to redeem vouchers worth anywhere from two to ten grand, two dollars to ten grand. The vouchers were redeemed either from a mutual clerk or at automated machines, and fans could then be reimbursed in cash or could wager the value of their tickets. Racetrack employees are ineligible for NIRA-sponsored prizes and are not supposed to be on promotional mailing lists. Sources said the security guard allegedly collected 30 to 40 envelopes that had been returned to the track as undeliverable, then took the vouchers and cashed them in the automated machines. Most of the vouchers were worth $2, but then the guard hit the jackpot, finding the $10,000 grand prize voucher, sources said. Nice. That's pretty lucky, you know it. Yep. The probe is the second scandal to rock the horse racing industry in recent weeks. Last month, computer whiz Chris Harn pleaded guilty to masterminding the rigging of a $3 million off-track betting win on the Breeders' Cup Pick 6, then using the winnings to pay off his mortgage and car loan. Thank God there's no hanky-panky in a horse racing business. Thank the Lord for that. Something we can trust. Speaking of that, speaking of things we can trust, you thought that the other story was long? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Lieberman in yesterday's USA Today... Millions of pirates are plundering satellite TV. DirecTV and EchoStar fight back in court and electronically. Now, we don't know anybody who would do anything like that, do we? No, not me. That would steal, like, with those illegal cards and things like that? Scoundrels. Scallywags. 
scumbags. I think a step lower than the people that steal cable TV. And I guarantee we don't have anybody in this audience that is doing that. We have an upstanding crowd out there. Don't we? <laughs> 406 votes on the poll. Do you support affirmative action? No. Those most qualified should always see. I really blew this, you know. I never really thought about it. I was under really. Oh, here it is. Affirmative action. Yeah, see, that would have been good. Yeah. Well, it's not, not too late now. Do you support not. affirmative action? No. Those most qualified should always come first. 337, 82.3%. Yes, 50. 50 people support affirmative action. That's 12.2%. And 22 people say only for college admissions. That's 5.3% to support affirmative action for college admission only. Nice going, Alicia. We love you. Whatever happened to her? Oh, she'll probably be on one of those uh, inside the behind deals. Very soon. 11 minutes past noon at 560 WQAM. I'll tell you, Carlos is doing a hell of a job there on the phones. Eric is doing a spectacular job on the website. Must be the holidays, you know what? Boca Brian's doing a phenomenal job of being depressing. Is he there yet? No. Well, when he comes waddling in there, just slap him across the top of the head for me. Maybe not some sense. Although he'll probably be wearing that big wig as a protective piece today. And you know something? I wouldn't blame him. What a moron. You know what? A, I mean, great talent, but a bozo. Mr. Depression. Mr. Sad Sack. Don't ever call me again, Brian. Two people on my list, Petey Lenny and Boca Brian. Don't ever call me again. I was right at the edge of my balcony looking down all those floors. You know, right, I was close. I was right on the edge. Don't do it. It's the most wonderful time of the year, so they say, but if you're in need of a new mattress insured on time, you certainly don't want to be schlepping all over town fighting the traffic, the lines, the parking, crazy shoppers. No chance. Then do what I always do, what George did, and what even Miguel did. Call Dollar Mattress toll-free, 1-800-MATTRESS. Dollar Mattress makes it so easy to buy a bed. Just make the one easy call, 1-800-MATTRESS right now, and an expert bedding consultant will help you pick out the right bed at the best possible price. The whole ordering process takes less than five minutes on average. Don't be fooled by other stores' so-called sales. Dollar Mattress offers great low prices every day with no showroom shell games. Dollar Mattress carries the area's largest inventory of Sealy, Serta, Simmons & King Coral mattresses ready for same-day delivery. They care about your bedding and want you to have a great night's sleep, like I've been doing for years now with my Dollar Mattress. If you're expecting company for the holidays, check the mattress in your guest room. If you do need a new one, call Dollar Mattress right now. It'll be there in no time at all at 1-800-MATTRESS. It works a lot easier knowing your holiday guest will be sleeping in comfort. Avoid the holiday shoppers. Don't waste time schlepping all over town looking for a deal. For the best deal anywhere, call Dollar Mattress. 1-800-MATTRESS for the easiest possible way to buy you a bed. Be sure and tell them that old Neil and Fat Boy and George and Miguel and the whole of the Gatsa Mishpocha told you to call Dollar Mattress. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Live and local. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. Man, what's up with your Gatsa Mishpocha? You love her. You need her. You can't live without her. She's your... This Christmas, give her the gift of Middle Earth craftsmanship. Give her a shiny bit of old gold from Lord of the Rings Jewelers. I am the Dark Lord Sauron. Can I help you? Uh, yeah, let's see. Do you have three rings for the Elven King? But of course. Great. And seven rings for the Dwarf Lords? Just got a ship it this morning. Oh, good. And, and nine for Mortal Men? You're in luck. They're on sale. Anything else? Uh, yeah. What about one ring to rule them all? Not yet. <laughs> Lord of the Rings Jewelers. It's more than jewelry. It's Mordor Jewelry.
1216. Oh, that's got like a long tail on it, you know? 1216 at 560 WQAM. I'm not going to do that story about the uh, piracy on the Senate because nobody cares about that. Right. You, th you no, think? Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. They're all stealing anyway if they can. And they're stealing Although, from us. At the very at the very end of it, where the hell is it? At the very end of the story, I, I put it way to... I can't find it now. Why did you put it so far down your pile, you jackass? Here it is. It's interesting because it says... Uh, now, who are they talking about? Oh, DirecTV is cracking down on users who believe they're stealing its signals. It recently began to send letters threatening to prosecute thousands of people whose names turned up on invoices of raided companies. To avoid being charged with a crime, they must pay DirecTV 4500 bucks. That has sent a chill through the hacker underground. Some say DirecTV is also bullying people who didn't steal its services. Some people order these products are no doubt guilty, but DirecTV has no way of knowing that, said Lakeshore Law Center's Jeffrey Wylands, who is seeking class action status for a lawsuit against the satellite company in L.A. Superior Court. They're carpet bombing an entire city to get one or two enemy strongholds. It's a classic shakedown. DirecTV disputes that we're as dead sure as dead sure can be that there's a violation and these people are stealing, they say. You'd be astonished at some of the names that have come out of this. People who have a lot to lose in terms of their social status. See, that's what I don't understand. And I'll be first to tell you that years ago, when I got my first satellite dish, see, because satellite dealers are, most of them, shady people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Most of them. I don't want to say all of them, because that would be bad, even though it might be true. But, you know, it's kind of a shady business. Sub Rosa. Kind of like people that peddle drugs, George. Who? So, anyway, uh, years ago, I mean, you know, they had the um, illegal chips and the this and that. And, and it kind of like came when you bought your system. You know, well, here's this. And here, and it's not technically legal, but don't worry about it. But after a period of time goes by, and you realize when you're making a few bucks like some of us are, which leaves you guys out, but uh, you just, it's not worth it. Because it doesn't really cost all that much to subscribe in the first place. Right. So it's just not worth it. But I think in L.A. what they're talking about is maybe some hotshot movie stars and multi-multi-millionaires are using, uh, you know, illegal cards and stuff like that. Wouldn't it be embarrassing? That's not just embarrassing. It's downright stupid. Speaking of embarrassing and stupid, Florida Panthers left wing Peter Worrell received a 10-day jail sentence, one-year probation, and a five-year suspension of his driver's license after pleading no contest to DUI, driving under the <laughs> influence. Broward County Judge Joel Lazarus issued the penalties yesterday. What did I call him? Lazarus. I said Lazarus. Lazarus good. Ordering Morrell to report to jail April 7, 2003, a day after the Panthers' regular season finale. What if they make the playoffs? Morrell was arrested June 16 and charged with DUI property damage, leaving the scene of an accident and criminal mischief. He also received traffic citations for failing to use due care, expired tags, and no proof of insurance. Other than that, he was okay. Morrell was not available for comment yesterday. He's a fine person and a good guy in the community. Panthers general manager Rick Dudley said he's made a mistake, and I do think he's learned from it. Morrell was convicted in 1998 of DUI and lost his license for six months, attended DUI school, and performed 50 hours of community service. He's got one goal and a team-high 62 penalty minutes for the Panthers this season. And I'll say it again, he's a hockey player like my little dog is a brain surgeon. Okay, But don't tell the uh, South Florida community that, because they wouldn't know a hockey player if he high-sticked him in the puss. That's South Florida for you. The real sports experts. Speaking of sports, you love this story. American football players spray themselves with nonstick oil. This is a true story. From Montana, I heard. Four American footballers at a university may be disciplined after spraying themselves with nonstick cooking oil. 
It's believed the oil may have prevented opponents in the game from effectively tackling them. The Sacramento State players are accused of applying the substance to their uniforms during a game against Montana University. Montana won the game anyway, 31-24. Sacramento State Athletic Director Terry Wanless told the Sacramento Bee that the coaches had no knowledge of the situation. Mr. Wanless told the paper, this can create a lot of humor for us. In fact, I think the charges against us won't stick. <laughs> Head coach John Volek added, this is the first time to my knowledge this has happened. It'll be the last time it takes place, God dang it. Sacramento State could also face punishment from league officials if it's determined that the coaches knew what was occurring. We'll decide the penalty depending on who we find at the bottom of the pile. League Commissioner Doug Fullerton said, I think it's a serious ethical breach. It's a planned activity. They were spraying themselves with Pam. How do you like that? And she's pretty pissed off about it. I wonder what Suds thought about it. <laughs> 5670560. And, of course, do you realize it's Tabloid Tuesday? I haven't gotten any of my stuff. Because uh -huh. I had it yesterday, and we never got to that either, because my pile is so thick. I got thick piles. Let's take a call from Miami Beach. Hello. Like I said, on the right line would be good. Miami Beach. Yes, speaking. Hi, how are you? What happened to Mo? Why are you off his case? I'm not off his case. He's no. small potatoes. There's nothing new to tell you. Oh, my God. I saw this guy on the, on the Internet, his picture. I can truly believe why you, uh, why you have but, a little but, fit with a guy. Now, they, no, seeing his picture doesn't tell you anything, okay? It, it tells you nothing about him. or well, hearing you, him on the ear. You described his clothing, so I've, I'll, I'll picture the clothing into his face. So. Okay, great. Have a nice day. Chronic. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Although I'm glad he reminded me, we haven't played any Mo bits today, or less. maybe because that whole thing about Mo bits that uh, the CD. Maybe because that's because I got like a brain lock on it. Did Volker Bryan show up yet? No. No. Wouldn't surprise me if he turns around right on the highway and goes back where he came from and hides for a couple of months. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Ungrateful piece of turd. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. On the AT&T. See, he's too busy consorting with Eric up there in Orlando. They got their own business going up there. The only problem is it's not functioning. See? It's like if you get a partner and you go into business and you open up a store, the only problem is there's no merchandise inside and nobody is there, no financial transactions taking place. You ever hear that kind of business? Yeah, here. Yeah, well, we got it going. Those two. Here's Boynton Beach. Hello. Yeah. Yes, sir. Second time calling in like 10 years. Okay. Your number one Schwarzer, is that the term? Schwarzer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your number one fan. Your number Spook, one Spook guy. is good enough for us. We understand. All right, gotcha. Listen, that was a great article you read about Which what's one? going on in the broadcasting field. Oh, yeah, about Rush Limbaugh and this right-wing yeah. crap and about the fact that there are no progressive broadcasters anywhere, and it's very sad. And, of course, there's no audience for us either because you see the kind of calls we get. Nothing. Of course. Liberal broadcasters, though. Yeah. yeah. We're done, man. We're, we're finished. I know. By the way, uh, Alicia, Alicia Bridges, I think her name is. Yeah. Uh, she's not getting any action anymore because she's dead, man. Really? She'd be dead? Yeah. yeah oh, no. Action. Well, but her voice lingers on, man. With that nice reverb at the end of it, I like. Well, since you mentioned that, I'll play it a lot more often. All right. Keep her alive. Yes, sir. Okay, thanks, brother. Oh, you got it. See Come on, one more time for the West Coast, Alicia. Now, see, did you know that she was dead? No, I didn't. And you did I. So we just learned something here on the show. That's two things we learned today. Shocking. 425 votes. Do you support affirmative action, which the Supreme Court has taken up this week? I think tomorrow they start. No, those most qualified should always come first. 350. 82.3% say, uh-uh. No thanks. 
Yes, 51, 12%. And only for college admissions, 24, 5.6%. So it is overwhelming. If you're qualified, if you got the brains, if you got the ability, great. Come on in. Otherwise, good luck to you. We'll see you at Booger King. How can, how, why do people go there? I mean, McDonald's I can understand. I don't like McDonald's, but I can eat it like an Amsterdam because I know what I'm going to get. And it's, it's tolerable. It's, it's greasy. It's not great, but it's something, you know? Right. It fills that empty cavity. And it's quick. But Burger King, I mean, the Goodyear Tire Company, they must take all their, like, retreads. What do they call those? The ones that are, like, off, uh, you know what I mean. Right. No, retreads. Retreads. And they, they must pedal like a wholesale to them because if ever anybody sold meat that tasted like rubber, it's Booger King. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, oh, God. Horrible stuff. Now, haven't we been through this before? Sure we have. And what did you say? Did you admit to me that you ate at Booger King? Not for years. Hasn't and those been little, years. those nasty, nasty little things that they pass off as onion rings. Right. Those little brown things that they call rings. My God. I've seen better rings around the bowl. Rectum. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, brother. That's a freaking onion. In fact, if you people go out there to Booger King because they're doing this big half price thing to try to, you know, chip into McDonald's because I guess their business is down. And they, and you buy onion rings and they hand you, which I know what they're going to hand you, that same usual crap. Just look at them and say, you call this a freaking onion ring? Huh? And, and we want to report. We want to know exactly what they tell you, okay? I, I just love to hear it. You call that a born-again penis? Well, whatever. That one just happened to pop up. <laughs> 26 past noon at 560. We're changing the world here on QAM. Oh! Let's talk about some ball games. Let's talk about the Jay Fiedler. Let's talk about the Hurricanes, man. And aren't we blessed? Seriously, this is a sick station. It really is. It's very sick. Have you noticed that? Yeah, long time ago. Very, very, very sick. And let's, like that bitch said, I was wrong. I, at the end of the show, I said we had no women yesterday. I yeah. forgot that one. Oh. Remember that product called in? Oh, let's, we all have a project here, Neil, and you're just the one to get everybody started. Let's, everybody in South Florida with, uh, Kenny Dorsey and the, uh, Heisman Trophy. How could we forget that call? Oh. From that I already sim forgot it. simpleton bitch. Probably got a Ken Dorsey blow-up doll right next to her Larry Coker bobblehead doll. God almighty, honey, get you one, get you a good cucumber at Publix. 1227 at 560, and by the way, Ken Dorsey is ugly as sin. He really is gross. I, I just mentioned that in passing. It's not, it doesn't make a big difference. 1227 at 560 WQAM, let's face it, you've heard us talk about fast train until you got fast train coming out of your ears. Well, the facts are very, very uncomplicated. They're simple. If you want to get out of your dead-end job, if you want to start making some bucks, if you have the dedication, Fast Train can provide you with all the necessary training you need to become a certified computer professional, get into a real career, make some serious bucks. According to the experts at Time Magazine, and they really know they're Schmidt, the demand for computer professionals will continue to explode. Their average student completes the training in just four short months, attending school three nights a week. Once you've completed your certification, Fast Train will assist you in getting you a new computer job. Fast Train invites you to come on in, visit their trained career counselor, and determine which track is ideal for you. Is it Aqueduct, Belmont? Maybe it's uh, Roosevelt Raceway. Rest in peace. Call Fast Train toll-free at one, maybe Yonkers, 
1-866-FAST-TRAIN to set up an appointment and maybe freehold. Four convenient locations for us, so there's bound to be one nearby you. Maybe the Meadowlands, Kendall, Miami, Pembroke Pines, and Fort Lauderdale. Maybe Saratoga. And don't forget to ask their career counselor for a list of students just like yourself who are currently in their dream jobs thanks to the nifty training they got at Fast Train. Say goodbye to your Burger King hamburger or a flipping job and get you some real training and start making some serious cash. You can get a great new job before spring, but call Fast Train right now to get started. 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, date of copy, October 21. My and local, this is Sports Radio 560, QAQAM. You're a bastard. See you tomorrow, Howie. Oh, yeah, yeah, you too, uh, Gildy. Uh, have a good day in paradise, okay? Yeah, get lost, you punk, you part of me. Hey, you Howard, David. Yeah, that's right. Star of stage screen in paradise. Say... You look like Will Chamberlain. That's because I is Will Chamberlain. Yeah, but you're dead. So are you. I, now I, get behind the car. What for? Well, why? I said get, get, move. What do you, what do you, what do you, you require? Get back behind what, the what, car. What you, hey, get, get, get your hands off the merchandise. Here. Scream all you want. No one's all right, all right. No one but the smokers down here in the garage. Okay. What do you require of me? I require you drop your pants. Now. Uh, now, see here. Right now. Uh, okay, I want sir. those okay. pants dropped drop down you. the... Hey, you like it? Okay. Now, bend over. Oh, okay, uh, on the trunk here. Is that nice? I uh, said bend over now. Yes, sir. Mm. Mm. Oh. Now. Mm. Now, squeal like a pig. Squeal like a pig. Okay. Okay. Squeal. Squeal. Say, that's kind of mm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a room. Hey, where you going? Don't I get a dinner? Will Chamberlain. He ran power. Twelve thirty-three. I'm glad that guy called and reminded me we wouldn't have no mobit today. Well, the reason we don't have any new mobits is because Book O'Brien is uh, having a nervous breakdown. But you'll get him straightened out today, won't you? I'm gonna shake him. So anyway, in the Inquirer, if uh, you gotta have this, this is another one you gotta pick up at Publix and at least leaf through it. Page twenty. This week's Inquirer. At least next week, December next 10th. Next month's Inquirer. The one you'll get in about four months. Enrique Iglesias' Night of Terror. And I'm just sitting here while I'm playing that. And there's a picture of Enrique who looks, you know, he looks like him. He looks good, like he always does. And then there's a picture of model Emma Jones. You know who she is? No. Blonde? Oh, that narrows it down. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying she's a blonde. And I'm, if you let me finish, besides getting so uh, psychotic, from the chin down, I mean, uh, from the bottom of the chin, because even the chin is bad, she is sensational. I give her about a 42 from the chin down. The face, uh, she's got to be one of the Mia sisters. I mean, she is so ugly. Although with your marginal taste sometimes, I don't know. But she, And I was thinking to myself, if you could put Enrique's head on her body, <laughs> I know it would be unusual. Make a hell of a movie, I'll tell you that. You see what I'm saying? I'm looking her up. Emma Jones. In other words, what I'm trying to say is he's a lot prettier than she is. Although she's got, I, I mean, she's got boobs here that are just, they, I don't know if they can possibly be real. And you can basically see the one, maybe she's only, in fact, I think she's only got one. Maybe she's kin to Mariah Carey, you know? Maybe that's where her other one went. Where's that? Under her puss? No, seriously, I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and it looks to me like she's just got one breast, because the other, the other part of her bra is, like, flat. You know what I mean? You don't see anything. you gotta, you got to get the uh, inquirer. In fact, what happened back. with our buddy that's sending all the tabloids over there? Let's go. Let's hey, go. We don't want to be a bunch of freeloaders over there, but let's get the good stuff. So, uh, George, I, and I do. Even Carlos can take a puke at it. 
You, you'd see exactly what I'm talking about if you saw this one one tremendous breast. I mean, it almost is worth the price of emission, but the other one appears to be uh, missing. Anyway, Latin heartthrob is attacked twice in the same evening. Poor Enrique. Latin heartthrob Enrique the Greasiest nearly lost his good looks when angry strangers targeted his face in two terrifying attacks in one night. One assailant swung a bottle at the popular singer's head but was stopped, and hours later, another socked Enrique in the jaw. It was quite a shock for him, revealed an insider. He's a low-key guy, doesn't go out looking for trouble, but twice in a few hours it came looking for him. Enrique's moment of terror came on November 14 at the MTV Europe Awards in Barcelona, where he was partying with pals and some of the top names in music. Attack number one came in a VIP or in the luxury hotel arts overlooking the city's ritzy marina. Insiders say Enrique and his pals were caught in the middle of when a Wild West-style brawl erupted, and one drink-crazed guest picked up a heavy booze bottle and swung it at Enrique's puss, his face, that is. Miraculously, an alert security guard standing near the singer pounced and grabbed the thug's arm just as he was about to connect. Can you envision this now? Sure, good TV just, timing. Just inches away from Enrique's puss. But Enrique was so shaken he fled with his pals to escape the mayhem. Hours later, Enrique walked out of an elevator in the hotel and right into attack number two. He was heading for the bar of the hotel with gorgeous English model Emma Jones on his arm. When the two, when two men started hurling insults at him, revealed the insider, it looked like, like they were jealous of Enrique, who was with Emma, although he's been dating tennis beauty Anna Kornikova lately. <laughs> right. Right. Suddenly, one of the, are you guys ever going to get it or not? Get Jennifer, what? Anna? Jennifer Lopez, Anna Kornikova. I mean, are oh, you I agree gonna... with you about the J-Lo thing, but uh, the Anna, we got a big giant poster up here. Her legs look great. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not talking about her tree trunks. I'm talking about the men she dates. Oh, oh, that. Oh. Like our governor would say, dates, like when quotes, you right. know, to make the little yeah. things, yeah. Anyway. That's fine. Suddenly, one of these guys punched Enrique in the face. Before this lowlife could do any more damage, one of the singer's bodyguards stepped in and pinned the guy to a wall while Enrique was hustled away. <laughs> a pal of the singer said Enrique was rattled by the two violent assaults. He tried to make out that he wasn't worried, but because the punch to the face came soon after the first attack, it did get to him. He doesn't know whether he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, whether he was targeted because he's famous, or maybe because uh, something else, you know, that it doesn't mention in the article here. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they were making comments that he might have been... Blaming. But I, I doubt that. Not in Barcelona, where they speak like that. Yeah, I got a, I got a theory why they attacked him. He can't sing for shit. Are you picking on my good buddy again? That invited me personal? Weren't you away when that happened? No, I think uh, the, no, uh, yeah, I was away. I was away. I heard all about it. Yeah. In fact, Carlos came running out breathlessly. Wasn't it Carlos that had the message from Dorothy or from Shirley Brooks? Yep. yep. Comes breathlessly racing out of the parking lot. Oh, Shirley Brooks just called. I wanted you to. Well, I was going to the track that night. I love Enrique. Love you, sweetheart. But no way. No way, Enrique. Because Fining. bad for my image being at them concerts. But Enrique soon got over his scare thanks to his busty model pal. Showbiz insiders say he spent most of the MTV awards cuddling with Emma and later jetted from Barcelona to London for some more TLC from the 24-year-old blonde. Emma's very aware of Enrique's relationship with Anna Cornaholia, added a pal of Emma, who's a familiar sight flashing her ample charms on the London party circuit, but she's flattered he's calling her so much. And you'd, you'd be, a, in fact, if she and Mariah could get together, they'd have a nice set. You know what? I'd, they'd make a pair. Oh, I will say this. At least uh, this bra, this Emma, hers is like over on the side. So there might be another one hiding under the other side of the bra. 
I'll go find it. But with Mariah, we know she just has that one big one in the middle of her chest. And her breast, too. 21 till 1 at 560 WQAM. <coughs> we all have different lifestyles and therefore need different products to make us feel better and be in the top in the pink of good health, as they say. And here's one for you. Oleomed. Oleomed formulas are advanced combinations of the finest olive oil you'll find anywhere with vitamins, minerals, herbals, other nutrients. In fact, this copy says 1010. I remember 1010 wins New York. I remember 1010 uh, CFRB Toronto. October the 10th. It doesn't say what year. Look for Oleomed's three great new formulas. They have one to help you sleep, one to help you control your weight, and CoQ10, which is so damn important for your heart, all using the benefits of the purest olive oil anywhere combined with those other good things. Oleomed is a great new product that's good for you, and you can pick some up today, anywhere, all over town, because more and more people are popping it. Publix, Eckridge, Walgreens, they all carry it. If you want to get more information about Oleomed's products and what they can do for you, just call toll-free 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order their products online at oleomedamerica.com. And please don't forget, how could you possibly, that if you visit your nearest Publix and buy you an Oleomed product in Data Broward, you'll get a coupon good for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll while supplies last. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing home games like this weekend. Pick up some product information and some free Oleomed samples. And for your health, start popping Oleomed soon. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Hey, Purim. Just like the ones I used to know Where the lawns were trimmed And cars had rims It seems so very long ago I'm dreaming of a white neighbor With every for sale sign I <laughs> well, I hate to step on those last couple of precious notes, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I know. 1244 at 560 WQM. We got the Mad Dog at 1, the Humper at 3, and then we got UM Basketball, which is, you know, kill some time. Eddie K at 10, Joe and Mark overnight. Did you know that Gregory Peck was still alive? No. Really? See, I would have bet a lot of money that Alicia Bridges was still alive and Gregory right. Peck was dead, but what do we know? Got the bad news from that caller before who sounded like he knew his crap that Alicia Bridges sleeps with the fishes and Gregory Peck is still alive. Now you talk about a picture you must see. Okay. Now on page 20 you'll see the picture of Enrique's uh, gal pal or whatever, whatever the hell she is. 
And I think you'd agree with me that from the chin down, she rates very highly on a Richter scale. And I found one bad picture of her with, like, her hat covering her whole face, <clears> and that was it. Yeah. And that's the only picture you found? Well, she's a writer, apparently, so there aren't a lot of shots of her. She's a writer? Apparently. I see. A contending <clears throat> editor of sorts. Anyway, Gregory Peck's Brave Last Days, this is in the Inquirer on page 34 and 35, this uh, issue that you're going to be getting in about six months. On page 35, there is a picture. If, if the last thing you do is, in, in your life is get this issue, it's worth it. The, 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 I mean, this picture is so grotesque. There's a look on this man's face. It looks like he died six years ago and nobody told him. I mean, it's, it's sad. Because I like Gregory Peck. He was a good actor. Yes, he was. Do you think today's uh, generation has any idea who that is? No. Mm. Two or what? three people. I'm, I'm talking about today's people. No. Kill, to Kill a Mockingbird. Right. How the West Was Won. Great actor. What kind of movie was he with? Uh, was he in Gaslight? No, that was um, Charles Boyer. But anyway, he was in so many damn great movies. Great actor, good guy, good humanitarian, etc. and so on. Friends fear the worst as beloved star vanishes from his favorite haunts. Screen legend Gregory Peck is in a shocking state of declining health. And to prove it, they published these gross pictures. I mean, ooh. These exclusive Inquirer photos taken November 14 show the 86-year-old actor looking disturbingly frail as he's being driven in a car near Cedars Sinai Medical Center in L.A. An eyewitness told the Inquirer his mouth wouldn't close and his eyes were just staring blankly. He looked exhausted. Poor Gregory was practically catatonic. 86 could easily pass for 126 in these pictures. According to the eyewitness, others inside the car with the fragile actor attempted to hide the Oscar winner from sight, but Gregory didn't realize what was really going on. He didn't even turn his head, said the eyewitness. The shocking glimpse of the Hollywood icon comes on the heels of widespread rumors that his health is failing. No kidding. A family friend told the Inquirer there's the belief that Gregory's present state of health is being covered up. There's fear that he suffered a minor stroke. That's the story going around, and that Hollywood will soon lose another giant. So the watch is on. I hate to say that, but the watch is on. Fat Boy or Gregory Peck? Or my contract. Oh, I already forgot about that. Jacko, the secret battle to take away his kids. Here's some good news. Well, this is pretty long. I guess I better save it for tomorrow. It's too long. Don't have time for it today. Damn it. Convicted killer Dr. Phil's henchman scared me to death. Hey, I got news for it. So if a negative story that has anything to do with Dr. Phil, I'll read it. Good. He is, you know, you talk about politics, the same is true in entertainment, anything else. How is it possible that there are millions of stupid women out there that are watching this piece of crap? How is it possible? Oprah told them to. His act is so weak and so lame and so repetitive and so pathetic. God, is he... Oh, and, and by the way, congratulations to Channel 4 in Buffalo, or whatever the CBS affiliate is, I believe Channel 4, for taping Guiding Light and putting it on 3 o'clock in the afternoon every day. Because Guiding Light, the last couple of weeks, has been the best in the history of the show, I would say. It's been spectacular. Outstanding. But in the meantime, down there, Channel 4 CBS, they put Dr. Phil on at uh, 3 in the afternoon and are running Guiding Light at the CBS appointed time at 10 in the morning. Who the hell wants to see that? Who wants to watch a soap opera at 10 o'clock in the morning? It just, it's un-American, you know what? Wouldn't you say? No, I don't, I don't care. Well, I don't care whether you care or not. Don't be knocking, uh, guiding light now, mister. I need no pa passions. Passions you can knock, because that show, I, it's, it's ponderous. I mean, it's going nowhere. It just isn't going anywhere. 
too many of the uh, great characters are gone or they replace the actors. It just, it just don't go anywhere. Hey, Luis, you want to tell Antonio now or before he uh, croaks? Well, we're, we're still thinking about it. Well, God. But Guiding Light is getting pretty intense. And Danny is still alive, and what's her name? Don't uh, don't know about it, but she suspects. And uh, Philip and Alan and uh, Olivia and uh, Newton John. It's it's pretty intense. So congratulations, Channel Four in Buffalo, for taping the show and showing it at three in the afternoon, so I can watch it at my leisure. And I'll tell you one thing: it's a damn good thing Boca Brian didn't call between three and four yesterday, because you think I ripped him an ass yet? Oh, <coughs> that would be that would be a cause for adios for a dismissal. He could start doing bits for the Mo Show. Twelve. Well, I got same haircut. Ten to one at five sixty <laughs> WQM. There's never been a better time for you to buy a new home or refinance your existing one than right this moment. How about a rate of three point nine five percent? You heard right. The financial group can offer you an unprecedented three point nine five percent, and all you got to do is call them, and they'll explain to you how you can take advantage of this great deal. Call Financial Group toll free one eight hundred nine four zero L E N D. That's 1-800-940-5363. The money you're going to save is positively... Incredible. Think about it. You can get yourself a $100,000 loan for only 450 bucks a month or a $200,000 loan for only 950 bucks a month. The process is simple. You'll save thousands of dollars each year. In fact, this copy is so old, I don't even have a date on it. It says before Abe Lincoln was a baby. So call our good friends at Financial Group toll-free at 1-800-940-LEND. There's never been a better or smarter time to get you a low interest rate. And be sure and tell them that Todd Direct told you to make that call. They'll be mighty impressed. Call Financial Group. You'll be on your way to saving a lot of cash. Financial Group is an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply, and rates are subject to change if you wait too long. So don't wait. Call them now. 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. Live and local. This is 560. The radio is all yours now. I wouldn't believe a word Neil said if his tongue was notarized. We've all heard of Rudolph and his shiny nose. And we all know Frosty who's made out of snow. But all of those stories seem kind of gay. Cause we all know who brightens up our holiday. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, small and brown, he comes from you. Sit on the toilet, here he comes, squeezing tween your festive buns. A present from down below, spreading joy with a howdy howdy. He's seen the love inside of you, cause he's a piece of poo. Sometimes he's nutty, sometimes he's corny, he can be brown or greenish brown. But if you eat fiber on Christmas Eve, he might come to your town. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas boo, he loves me, I love you, therefore vicariously he loves you. I can make him Mr. Hanky too. Sometimes he hangs off the end of your ass and won't fall in the 
toilet because he's just clinging to your sphincter and he won't drop up and so you shake your ass around and try to get it to drop in the toilet and finally it does. <clears throat> Mr. Hank gave a Christmas food and Christmas leaves he must leave too. Brush him down but he's never gone. His smell and his spirit And back to you. 1256 at 560. Here's a lady in Boca. Hello. Hey, hi, Neil Rogers. Yes, ma'am. Hi. I want you to know, I know Gregory, I can't believe Gregory Peck's still alive. I knew Tyrone Power, Clark Gable, so there. That's not what I want to talk about. Uh, what are we well, going to do about dead. Ashcroft, the United States Patriots Act? It's also sad. It's, what are we going to do? Can't do it. It's a done deal. Yeah, that's why I live in Canada and Holland. Well, you must have problems. Canada has a government that has plenty to desire, too. No. No? Everything is relative. Yeah, right. Okay, well, it's worse here. Well, we're more powerful than Canada. Yeah. But what... No, um, I, think, I think the word you're looking for is dangerous. What I'm looking for is dangerous? No, America is more dangerous than Canada, not powerful. Dangerous. Right. Kissinger, what about Kissinger? He's uh, Exactly. Okay, listen, scary. have a great day and say hi to Randy, okay? Oh, my God. You know something, Carlos? I'm going to tell you, when I get back down there, yeah, you're, you're going to look like, uh, you know, what it looks like after somebody steps on a roach and just like, I'm not talking about that kind of a roach. See, everything with him is drugs. I never knew that. Well, of course, you hired him. I, I did. I thought the station hired him. I thought you hired him. Oh, he started, he just came in one day and started doing stuff. He just showed up, yeah, and talked, he talks a good game. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to show that Erica thing or two, and I'm sending him all these damn uh, links, and he won't do this. Oh, yeah, right. Puts on two people today easily between the two of them over the age of 600. Easily. Easily. And, of course, look at the great, look at the tremendous impact he's had on our website. Do you see the changes on there since he's well, shown up? Remember, that's Eric's fault. Oh, that's right, Eric's fault, and you're an asshole. It's yes. interesting. We got this four. We got a four-way deal going on. We got Eric, the computer guy up in Orlando. We got Boca Brian, little Baldy. We got George and uh, Carlos, and all four of them. They're doing like a little Kazatsky, and they're dancing around and around in a circle. I think it's called a circle jerk, and pointing the finger. It's your fault. No, it's your fault. And they're like all running around. In the meantime, nothing's happening on there. The website is as naked as uh, what's her name there in that picture with Enrique. Emma. I saved this. This is from, well, not that far, about five days ago. Curing that sneeze with more ease. And it ties in with just what that very nice lady was talking about, even though she didn't have no clue what I was saying. The U.S. government approved over-the-counter sales of the popular allergy remedy Claritin last Wednesday, a long-anticipated move that will save uninsured allergy sufferers money but prove more costly to those with prescription drug insurance plans. There's a lot of experience with Claritin and its safety and efficacy, so there should be absolutely no problem with it being available without a prescription. Steve Francesco, a pharmaceutical consulting firm, Francesco International, told CBS Radio News. The decision comes four years after a prominent insurance company petitioned the FDA to force Claritin's maker to sell it without a prescription in the U.S. Just has been the case for a long time in Canada, eh? That's one other thing that really kills me. Not only are the prescription drugs so much cheaper here, and many of the things that you can buy without a prescription, so you don't have to get ripped off in his scam of going to the doctor and forcing to pay him, like a blackmail to write you a prescription, like Allegra, for example. I take Allegra a lot. You ever take Allegra? No, no, thank you. Well, why not? I don't know. It's great for allergies and sinus and all kinds of it's good stuff. I'll go get some right now. No, you won't, because you got to get a prescription. <laughs> 
That's my point. Over the counter here, eh? That's the way to do it. A lot cheaper. These cheap Canadian dollars. That's the way to go, eh? As the U.S. continues ripping off the public and the public sits back and goes, lay it on me, baby. Lay it on me. I love it. I'm sucking it up. Take away my rights. Just stomp all over my ass. I love it. 462 votes. Do you support affirmative action? 82% of this audience say absolutely, positively. No. And the Mad Dog's coming up next in spite of it all. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. You've got to stick your spoon in it, lad. Don't worry, it's not going to break.